All right. Welcome to the Armchair Commanders podcast. My name is John. And I'm Jack. And this week we are... I don't see Jack. No, he's not. He doesn't have a... His thing's not up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't have a camera on this computer. Ah. What the hell's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing you all a favor. It's not a pretty sight right now. Why don't you step on his dick a couple more times during the intro? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, geez. And, And as our... As our listeners might have noticed, we, we are joined by the uh, guys from the Civil Weird podcast. Uh, we originally were hoping to have them on a little earlier, but scheduling conflicts abound. But we're finally uh, getting all together, and uh, we're so excited to have you guys. Uh, Adam, if you want to start off and then go around the room for those on our, si- our side of the, the listening realm that aren't as familiar with you guys. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, thank you very much um, for having us on. We really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we we love listening to you guys as well. Um, but yeah, we uh, do a very modest podcast called uh, the Civil Weird Podcast. And we'd like to take on some of the stranger aspects of the war. Um, our last uh, episode was on um, the 27th Maine and uh, the, the Shower of Stars of the medals of honor that were bestowed upon them that were definitely not warranted or as we said in the the episode egregious egregious <laughs> debatable let's how about we put it there debatable yeah it's very very debatable but yeah um you know episodes like that or one on uh, albert cashier um earl van dorn and his murder um you know episodes like that but we like to talk about some of the things that are a little bit more out of the the realm of the norm when it comes to you know everyday just tactics and battlefields and politics and you know lincoln's and <laughs> burnsides and everybody else that might be involved in it but yeah that's you, that's what we do you didn't mention schofield no oh, yeah don't bring up schofield crystal <laughs> shit <laughs> old, yeah old beardo definitely <laughs> fucking beardo <laughs> But don't get me started on Schofield. All right. I'm already getting agitated. See? Noted. Noted. But yeah, uh, that's what we do. And I've got uh, two of the best co-hosts in the biz, <laughs> in the podcast biz. But uh, over here, I've got Paul. And uh, to his left is Chris. And I'll going to go ahead and let them go. But uh, Paul, if you want to go. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm Paul. Uh, in the In the real world, full-time National Guard here in the state of Illinois. I've dabbled in history off and on throughout most of my life, starting out volunteering at historic sites as early as 13, 14 years old. I've done a lot of reenacting, worked at a few museums, park ranger at Lincoln Home National Historic Site for a few years. Uh, that was 20 years ago. Uh, I dabble in archaeology. I guess I'm more of a an amateur shovel bum more than anything else. Chris? Yeah, um, I've, for the past 30 years, I've been involved with uh, working for a small firm firm here in Springfield doing cultural resource management. Uh, we do traditional history, a lot of historical archaeology, also uh, uh, document old buildings, do architectural surveys. So uh, anyway, that's, I mean, I have no, it's a small firm. I have no official title. I just call myself a historian, but we, we have done an awful lot of archaeology over, over the years. And, uh, and I've had the privilege of working with these two bums. but yeah man that's us that's that's kind of what we do and you know we 
we appreciate you guys, you know, doing what you do too, as far as, you know, movies and tying stuff into history, because being able to, you know, tie in that, I would say, I hate calling it a pop culture element, but I mean, it is, but if you can tie that into history and get people interested through those means and those methods, I, I think all the better for it in, in you know, even, even shitty movies like gods and generals, you can, you can usually pick out a few, you know, nuggets out of the film that's worthwhile. We haven't gone around to gods and generals. Yet, oh, but, uh, it's, it's on our list. Oh, we're gonna have a field day. If, out if you guys want to save one, oh, we—I will love to dive into that hunk of shit. I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't know man. if you guys uh, caught our Gettysburg episode, but we were—we were not kind to that film. As you shouldn't be. I mean, there's there's 35 minutes of that film. Now I will watch every goddamn minute of it, but <sighs> there are 35 minutes of that movie that are just absolute chef's kiss, fucking good and gold. And most of them involve Tom Berenger. I mean, let's be honest. You know that. Yeah. That's, oh, he he definitely carried that movie easily, for real. But yeah, no, you're right. But Gods and Generals. Oh, like I said, I don't know where you begin with that motherfucker. You, you just don't. Seriously, you just I, don't. Like, don't go see it in the theater like I did. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, with an ex-wife, no less. So <laughs> that makes that movie doubly shit. When you guys get the chance, you should check it out. As should your fans. No, for sure. No, honestly, after the, the, so I'm off tomorrow and Tuesday. And so Tuesday when I've got no homework to do, that is exactly what the fuck I'm going to do in the morning. Throw my coffee on them and listen to you guys shit all over Gettysburg. <laughs> well, the bad part is Gettysburg for the airs that it has is still far, far, far better than gods in general. Oh, that's the bad part. That, no shit. It <laughs> came out 15 years previous. Yeah. It's unbelievably bad, but yeah, no. <laughs> well, it gods in generals falls into the, uh, the issue that all prequels do, which is they never live up to the OG. Oh, I don't know. We're going to go with the whole Godfather argument here. Mm. <laughs> it might be a war. There might be a war begun. Dude, do I need to do I need to bring out the Jar Jar Binks argument or oh, oh, oh shit. That's a hot one there. Dude, you just had to go for the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jar Jar. Oh man. We were, I, another one I saw in the theater. We were talking Godfather 3 though, right? <laughs> you mean the weird incest element? <laughs> <Yes>. No. <laughs> no, nobody fucking wants to talk about that. So when we uh, first started talking, I know we had probably like a half dozen films that we were trying to pick from because, you know, there's so many different Civil War films. But we finally ended up on the John Wayne classic, uh, Horse Soldiers. Jack, had you ever seen this movie before? Nope. Haven't what? even heard of it. And, oh, and how, how do you feel after after I'm this experience to, i'm gonna have to officially ask that we remove the word classic <laughs> i think he put that in air quotes oh air quote was that what, was that an <laughs> air quote classic on, are they air quotes or no <laughs> you know if it aired on turner classic movies i think it counts very and it, it has it has well, many times i take it back and then it's in the name turner classic movies. i'll bet you that movie was on a tbs when i was a kid or fuck tbs tnn 
You guys remember TNN, the Nashville Network? It was on there a lot. And then it was on Cinemax, too, during the day before, you know, they put on skin flicks and porn. (laughs) The things that made me a man. (laughs) I see you and I had similar childhoods. (laughs) Hi, Dad. I was a latchkey kid that had cable, dude. (laughs) I feel you. I I grew up in the early 2000s with not a lot in the way of internet and, you know, tons of isolation. And at times, unfiltered access to the TV. I had to take what I could get. And under the bed stack of Playboys. No, I didn't have that. (laughs) Pouring through the scramble. Kids today are so damn spoiled. (laughs) What was the name of the channel? Uh, Spice Channel. (laughs) Scrambled porn on Spice. There you could just... You could just watch the uh, Girls Gone Wild commercials on Comedy oh, Central. Man. Hey, in a pinch. Absolutely. <laughs> when you hear the steel 14, drums, you know it's time. Oh, absolutely. I forgot, I forgot about those. Yeah, right? <laughs> on VHS, no less. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. That's bringing back some memories there. Not weird ones, but hanging out with friends. <laughs> so I don't. I think I've brought it up on this podcast before, but for our new guests... Um, before we had Dish Network, like a civilized family, we had <laughs> shitty cable, like shitty country cable. Triax, that's what we had. Same thing. And like you said, there was a scrambled porn channel that would come in, giggity. And but the channel right before that, I don't remember what it was, but it always, 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 without fail, had reruns of Maury Povich on it. So whenever. <laughs> So every time one of my parents would come or would, whenever they were about to come into the room, I'd switch it to Maury Povich. And they just thought I really, they just thought I really liked Maury Povich. Do they think you like DNA tests a bunch? (laughs) Oh, he's going to be a talk show host when he grows up. No, he's going to be a fucking weirdo with a podcast. Uh, Tomato, tomato. And when he died, I sent a message to like the Maury Povich show Facebook thanking them for providing a cover for my for your dark deeds as a kid for your chronic porn addiction they never so responded <laughs> that is my favorite part of that show for the for the 30 years it seems like it was on is every time somebody would come on there whether they were black white or in between maury became maury so maury let me tell you a story <laughs> This punk oh. motherfucker right here gets running around on me, and then the, and literally at that point the crowd just goes ape shit. They have no no. Oh, they ate it off. They just oh shit, and then one dude just starts running up and down the aisles. God, the dancing. <laughs> Connie Chung shows up. Anybody get that reference? No. Yeah. 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 Mori Holmes is married to Connie Chung. My most prevalent Maury Povich memory was uh you know how they always went through like a freak show phase like you know South Park made <laughs> oh, fun yeah. of it you know it's yeah. Jimball boy um <laughs> <laughs> I remember there being an episode where they brought this individual on and they were addicted to amputations yeah I remember Jeez, that man. shit is that the guy that fucking froze his own foot smashed it with a hammer yeah, and then he like injected fertilizer into the yes. other one. 
same fucking guy or same, like, same just, thing. Yes, just try to give too. himself for, uh, sepsis or something. Yes. I swear to God, this asshole loses his foot. He, he literally decides that it's not a part of him. He says that he felt like his foot was alien to his body or whatever it was. And he decides at that point, he's going to freeze his foot with a fucking fire extinguisher and then smash it with a goddamn five pound hammer. And he does. He shattered his foot like the fucking Terminator. Like, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that shit. Jesus I, Christ. My fucking mind. Like, who would do that? But you got to admit, guy's got a set of fucking 12 pound balls. <laughs> Cannonballs. Well, I don't know if they if he has them anymore, if he's addicted to amputations. Like, oh, they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. Dude, they, Those were next on the freezing. The, shelf. the chopping block. Yeah. He, he pulled the yeah, box. Plus, yeah, you could pull a Mr. Corbett, you know, snip, snip. That's right. Got a problem? Nipping in the bud. <laughs> or in this I, case, nipping in the bag. I had one amputation in my life, and that was enough. Oh, shit. Do tell. Yeah. Don't just, uh, don't yeah. Just that Actually, shit. yeah, guess, guess what's missing. No this is going to be harder since my camera's off. Oh, fuck. You have to describe your amputation? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a hint. One of the piggies went to market. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm miss. I'm missing the two little toes on my right foot, and I. I wish I could show you right now, but I got a tattoo later in my life that says "gone." It's like a little sign that says "gone to market" above the stumps. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, we we all we all learn how to use an axe at least one day in our life. So <laughs> I got I gotta know. Was it frostbite or was it from an axe? It, it wasn't from either. Um, oh. Are you familiar with a piece of farming equipment called a caker? Oh, fucking A right I am. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? it, it got caught in that chain. And oh. keep in mind, I was wearing heavy ass snow boots, but it completely Explain, explain to these two gentlemen what that uh, implement is and what it does. Right. So it's a it's like a container, a huge metal container that you mount on the back of a pickup truck, right? Mm -hmm. And there's like wires and shit that go to the cab that they press the amount that you want kicked out per rotation and blah, blah, blah. And what it does is you open it and the food falls onto a little conveyor belt that's powered by a little, like this heavy ass chain, which is powered by an engine, right? My foot got caught in said chain and it just completely crushed those two little toes didn't sever them mind you no that would have been a mercy it crushed them <laughs> so i felt everything keep in mind i was five <laughs> so that was a fond memory yeah wait you were five yeah oh shit! i thought this happened like six years ago you're fine dude forget about it <laughs> oh yeah Kid, kids are made of rubber that's right, that's right. you know my my son my son uh had to go get a you know he had to get uh glue put in his eye after he split it open and he looked at me and he was like say shit dad i'm cool <laughs> that had happened at all he screamed he screamed it was horrible it was horrific i was gonna say that sounds horrific no i mean it happened in the middle and i would no it was, it was horrible but anyway <laughs> i digress <laughs> Yeah, speaking of amputations. <laughs> yeah, speaking of appendages getting lopped the fuck off. I, th um, I think this it's a great segue into something I wanted to talk on. And I know it's a, a topic that you guys hit pretty frequently in your show, which is 
you know, one of our main characters, William Holden, plays our snippy little doctor. And uh, <laughs> Paul was his name in the film. Uh, Kendall. Yeah. 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 Henry Hank Kendall. Hank. To be more to be more precise. Thank yes. you, Hank. Mm-hmm. I I just love the how many different times they decided to incorporate Civil War medical care into this movie because usually when we have a Civil War movie it's it, it's kind of like glory where it's like okay in the first five minutes we have people getting their legs chopped off in a tent scene and then we're good versus, like, anymore. <laughs> versus this this is he is you know him and this practice is a continuous presence in the movie so what do you guys think of that he's probably the most one of the more accurate characters of the movie so they did have a surgeon on their their expedition he was mm-hmm. from the second iowa cavalry regiment uh loosely based off dr erastus dean yule and when when uh, he he opts to leave himself behind towards the end of the movie to to treat the wounded at wall's bridge um that that really happened so when it comes to the to the movie itself, that's actually pretty legit on with the actual uh, Grierson expedition. Oh, nice. Well, that the go ahead, Grierson. Well, I was going to say, I agree with you, Paul, on that. But but for John Ford, the director's purposes, I mean, he, you know, one of the subplots is you know John Wayne, you know, uh, uh, Colonel Marlowe's, Marlowe, this insane hatred towards doctors. Because these doctors have like gutted, you know, gutted his his, his, his dead wife, goddamn sawbones, you know, his wife, his wife. That's yeah, it. So yeah. So I think I think part of it is they, you know, they have to keep up this this constant you know tension between John and, you know, and William Holden. So I, I think that is of medicine. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think that's part of the reason why they didn't show it. So that could be it too. So John, we asked, you know, he can't help but throwing out all these shitty comments about so-called doctoring and. Well, I do like his uh, his Cheyenne Indian here, you know, the putting the moss on a on a wound, yeah, without the infection. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. go back to one of our our older sponsors here on our podcast, the Cherokee Injection. Cherokee Injection. <laughs> Everybody loves a Cherokee Injection, especially you know, I, when it works. You know, and I found it interesting. I was kind of reading up on um, on on the, the, the inception of the ambulance corps during the Civil War and how we start to see a growth in medicine, especially post-war. Um, early on, from what I could tell, there seemed to be a lot of distrust, uh, uh, distrust from the Army and a lot of these surgeons, or even those who were perhaps uh, assigned to be hospital stewards, um, some animosity perhaps, because they there were, there were some soldiers and even some senior leadership who felt that perhaps these doctors and all these hospital uh, stewards were, were shirking their duty as a soldier as well. And perhaps that you know, if I had to discuss that relationship between Marlowe and, and Holden, that, that could kind of be that as well, that distrust and, Hey, we don't need these guys with us. What are they going to do for us on this mission? Are they just going to be here and shirking or bugging me or whatever the case may be? Well, I I would say my kind of two cents is that the, the, the scene of the amputation in the barn um, where the, the, guy is there and he's i don't have any chloroform so that's all i got and he gives him the the bottle of whiskey and he's chugging the whiskey and he's you know singing and you know laughing and everything and he tells him you know he's gonna have to take his leg off or else he's gonna die and he 
looks at uh, Bill Holden and says, what's that mean for me, Doc? Or Andersonville? Is that where I'm headed? That's just fine. And then he goes through the whole you know, thing. That is Kurt Russell's father, if you guys didn't know that. If I was not aware not, of that. You, you, you mean the soldier who he, okay. That's the one that. that is yeah. Kurt Russell's dad. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't leave the, uh, the Cherokee treatment or the shine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think in the movie, he doesn't even get shot. He gets like, he, he catches it on a piece of wire. Yeah. Or some yeah. Shit. He, he gets caught. So when they're burning the, the railroad right of way after Newton station there at that, that yeah, scene, yeah, that's right. That's where he gets this, this ax related. That's right. He cuts the his axe. flag. There he, you go. Yeah. He cuts his fucking toes he, over yeah, the axe. Yeah. No, he full yeah, circle. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but either way, I remember, what's that mean for me, Doc? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly what I said. You're losing the leg. <laughs> no but here's the thing, and I don't know if you guys are, are going to get to this point or not, but Andersonville <laughs> did not exist for about another year, almost a full, maybe even a bit. Nine ten months. I yeah, but Fe- February eighteen sixty. Yeah, I was gonna say a bit less well, is when it. Opened. Well, that that just yeah. goes to show how bad of a place it was. Is it already had a reputation for being a shithole <laughs> before it was made? Yeah, and, <laughs> before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct me if correct me if I'm wrong, but in that same scene, doesn't the doctor say, "No, you idiot! It hasn't been founded yet." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he yeah, says yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. You goddamn dummy! Drink this whiskey. <laughs> Shut up. What was in that whiskey? <laughs> And that's that's what's funny about the movies. Andersonville is mentioned multiple times multiple. Three, three, at the beginning, yeah, at the goddamn multiple beginning. Times, yeah, that's gonna either end in victory or a good end in Andersonville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how this movie has made Andersonville out to be worse than just dying. Like, oh, no, no oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's almost like they're they. Th- if you look at it this way, you could tell it's John Ford because John Ford knew about the concentration camps. And basically that was what this was in that film. It's like, oh, you're ended up in a concentration camp, even though obviously yeah. it didn't exist that way. That's the way they make it exactly the way they see it from my whole life ever since. <laughs> As if not dying from diarrhea is bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> Ask the mouth disease. <laughs> it's not that bad. Andersonville. Oh, let me tell you something, bud. There's going to be a one <laughs> rather shit myself. Now. Yeah, so here's himself, and there's a one-armed German to make it happen. So here's my uh, my kind of stupid story with uh, learning about gangrene. Um, so this movie, I this movie has a deep place on my. Does this piggyback what's that? on the toes? Yes. No, it does not. Back on your piggies. Backs on the toes. No, no, <laughs> this separate story. Okay. So this this movie holds a special place in my heart. Um, my grandfather huge john wayne fan like it it was always on the tv in his house whenever i was over there um like every christmas that's what i got as a christmas present from him was like a john wayne vhs of some sort so at one point in my life i had horse soldiers on vhs and i watched i watched the shit out of it as a kid um but the one thing i never understood and I could have, I could have just asked an adult to be like, "Oh, what's gangrene?" But no, my stupid, dumb kid brain was like, "What's so bad about like having a green leg?" That sounds kind of cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I I agree with you because I remember when I was a kid, I watched the the Ken Burns, um, 
you know, PBS series. And there's a part in it where they go into the whole, you know, medical treatment in the Civil War. And they talk about there was a guy that at a field hospital or not a field hospital, but a, uh, you know, one of the larger hospitals, mm -hmm. they were treating him for gangrene. And they said that his gangrene in his uh, thigh was so bad from the wound that you could fit an orange into it. And at that point, uh -huh. I remember asking my dad, I was like, what does it matter if his leg is green? They could fit an orange into it. And my dad explained <laughs> to me what gangrene was and what was happening. And I was fucking horrified. Oh, it's it's, it's eye-opening. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was fucking horrified. And then later well, on, of course. It's yeah, more flesh-opening than eye-opening. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Amen. But you learn so, later on about the whole thing with the maggots and how it was a mistake to shoo the maggots away from the wounds because they were actually mm -hmm. eating the, the infected mm -hmm. and dead flesh because they won't eat, uh, you know, fresh flesh. <laughs> I, I, well, learned, I learned that from gladiator. Ah, good oh, point. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So that's, I was trying to tell Paul early night. So my son, so everybody out there, my son is about three years old. And the other day we were flipping through Netflix and, uh, uh the preview for gladiator came on and it's the part where, he's uh he's done kicking the shit out of everybody in spain or in uh in north africa and he throws that sword and he's like are you not entertained are you not entertained so my three-year-old son has been walking around just randomly saying that shit <laughs> regular little russell crow yeah <laughs> no thank god for the internet though imagine if you had the internet when you were a kid and you, you were given this description of gangrene from your your father right mm -hmm. now if i'm given that description now you can just google it and show it yeah back then, <laughs> yeah yeah i'd had to, I had to find a book oh yeah you'd be even more traumatized mm -hmm. i mean so, I, I do search for those images daily just for my own mental health yeah paul's keeping yeah. paul's keeping rotten.com alive <laughs> man I'm the, I'm the one subscriber well, <laughs> well you, you could you could have been like me I, like i was an actual child when the internet started flowering into what it is today i hope you love that adjective but you know one of my hot one of my <laughs> flowering well what am uh, i a long time hobby of mine is mo scale model building so like airplanes tanks all that kind of stuff because you know i'm a little history nerd and i love having shit on the shelves like What's our, that? uh jack are you into that too scale models and shit i mean not personally i don't have the patience for it <laughs> i mean either. i like looking thank at you them. but anyways <laughs> i i was about like five or six and i don't know who allowed me to have unfettered access to the computer at this age but five or six year old john was like i want to look at other people who have built model airplanes or whatever and i just typed in models into the search bar and uh <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> well, there was a moment of self-discovery there, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> it oh, was it was tender, but it was short. Way better, <laughs> way better than scrambled spice. Uh, yeah, I, I came seeking bronze and found gold. <laughs> but um since the topic is still fresh in everyone's mind i have my own gangrene story wow did your toes go gangrenous no god no what? not medicine but anyway um i knew what gangrene was when i was a kid because ranch and cows would get it if they let a, a wound fester long enough 
when I was 12 years old, I was doctoring cows with my dad and we were like checking on the bulls to make sure they were working and not slacking off. And we couldn't for the life of us find the last one. And then we found him just like stomach deep in this little pond area. And we're like, what the hell is he doing? Let's go get him up. So we get him up and his cock is three times the size it should be in bright green. And my dad takes one look at me and says, Jack, it's going to be a waste of medicine, but I say we at least give him a hit. And then sure enough, a week later, he's dead of gangrene from his cock. <clears throat> Still don't know what the hell happened. And up until I saw gods and generals in seventh grade history, that was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. A gangrene, a swollen <laughs> cock on a bull. Wow. I'll be honest with you. The, the Going back to the horse soldier, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised it hasn't given me gangrene yet. I got... What I am naming, I've self-diagnosed myself. They gave me farbaceous cysts on my body. <laughs> no. You guys know you guys know what the term farb is, right? When it comes no. to historic no. act. You've never heard that word? Oh, never in my life. What the hell does that mean? He's, he's not as he's not as attuned to the reenactor world. Oh, okay. So you can describe it though, right? A farb is yeah, just it, a, a generalized word. Um it's got perhaps a, a history dating back to the 1960s. Some say some, some older gentlemen say, but uh, <laughs> far be it from the truth or, or yeah. far outside of the bounds of historic accuracy. That the, the farb is just a general hey, hey, far. Hey Jack, do you, do you remember like ever going to like a spirit Halloween and seeing like, like a, like a <laughs> generic civil war costume on the, the costume wall? i mean that that, that would be no. a good equip that would be a good equivalency i was gonna say personally no but i know where you're going with this <laughs> yeah let's I just see. say i feel i feel when it comes to uh uh living history historic interpretation this movie alone set that back by decades yeah <laughs> yeah. literally it said it rewrote it and it, said it, fuck it, this it set history back by decades that's how much i hate this movie <laughs> <laughs> dang <laughs> what do you mean you you weren't a fan of uh the the gone with the wind ripoff dress no oh. just just everything i mean if you if you get into all that i mean that that whole scene in the you know when they they get into the the dining room you know when they come to her plantation and she's you know feeding them chicken and she's like do you want the leg or the breast and with she a with a serious her. cleavage shot. right and all of those other dudes are laughing from what i had read was that that was from another film and it was a nod to another director and i cannot I, right off the bat i cannot recall what the name of the, or who the director was but it was from another movie and it was a nod from John Ford and the rest of those guys as kind of like a tongue in cheek, you know, towards that. And that was why they did it. But it was pretty fucking risque at the time for her to be, you know. Oh yeah. Well, it. even, even just the way that scene was shot, I was like, how did this make it past the no. Hayes code? No, I don't no, no shit. But here's the yeah. thing is that, she, I mean, you know, she was beautiful and here's the thing. She is still alive. That blows my fucking mind that she is still alive. I mean, her career wasn't great. I think she went to General Hospital. Like yeah, and she something. did commercials and shit like that. Hey, I will not have you talk shit on that. 
<laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Didn't realize you were such the general hospital fan. <laughs> Do you also watch the hourglass? Right. As the world so turns, I'll have you know. Lives. <laughs> what was that one that that had that uh, uh, the little person that was a fucking uh, what was that? <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, but it was on for a while too. It was all weird, like oogly boogly. Uh, fucking witches and all kinds of other stuff <laughs> what it was on during the day i swear to god it was called like uh Dark shadows no not no that was decent um and the reboot was good too um but anyway i digress sorry okay. again <laughs> again again shut up Adam. again no uh yeah the historic authenticity in the movies i didn't find it very desirable it's it's way off what? everything from the the weapons to the equipment. I, I, when I watch movies like that, I'm seeing it from the, the, the authenticity aspect of it. And it definitely, I gave it an F if I had to give it a grade. I think, I think the thing that I find the most egregious in this, there's, there's a lot of, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of issues in this film. Um, but the thing I find the most egregious and it's, it's very much a product of the time where we're still, fresh off the heels of everybody kind of getting swayed into this, uh, you know, everybody kind of has fallen into this lost cause mentality. Um, you know, the fact I, that I, I don't know what you're talking about, we we're we don't, lost cause. We don't talk about that around here. It's like talking about the mafia. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm that kind of shit. <laughs> oh, See, kidding. we're we're in the movie podcast business. We don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I know. I, I don't I have to worry about. I don't have to rough. I don't have to worry about ruffling Civil War history feathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck you guys. I don't know, do you think it's a counter lost cause? Is that what we're going at here? Counter lost cause. That is. Yeah. You should trademark cause. that. It's yeah, like this, this fake union pride kind of thing in this movie. It, there is, but there is the lost cause that creeps in at Newton Station. You that know? bullshit right yeah, there. Yeah, okay. That whole but fucking we're buddies. It, you know this. When, this film very much comes off as the Confederacy did nothing wrong. Like, Amen. You're you're one hundred percent accurate. And the the part where they literally go into the whole thing though, where at at New, Newton Station, mm-hmm. where uh, William Holden and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. After, you know, this guy has basically told him point blank, go fuck yourself. I'm still, this, this attack is going to happen and piss on you. I, whatever he says, he's like, I, I do not know a man by that name, nor have I ever. <laughs> or, you know, whatever the fuck he says. And he goes on. I do not then, wish to continue our acquaintance. Thank you. There, thank you. you. It's, it's even yeah. more pretentious. And so he, he goes into that bullshit. And then after he literally watches all of these men get slaughtered in the street at Newton Station, everything's cool. You mean mean the battle that never happened? Exactly. But what I'm saying is everything is fucking, it's just hunky-dory after that shit. Like, oh, uh, what's his name? Hank. He's like, Hank, everything is just (laughs) topsy-turvy. he just but you know what i mean like he has this look like oh everything's over like my war is over now so who gives a shit what happens from this point forward we'll just we'll go back our acquaintances yeah yeah anyway that that fucking shit but i know what you mean as far as the the lost cause especially when it comes to that bullshit with the rebel flag at the end where that asshole basically he he crawls forward to that fucking readout oh you 
well you know that there there's tons of people that probably went to the theaters like in the deep south they're like, like i would say yes but this movie was a fucking bomb so <laughs> right so no one went. even those assholes didn't take time out of their day to go see the duke and <laughs> in this flick but as as far as this uh lost cause stuff it it feeds directly into my biggest issue with the film which is the the portrayal of african-americans because we we see african-americans in in two states in this film one Mm -hmm. is lukey Mm -hmm. who is the house slave to miss hannah of course (laughs) or we get random african-americans who are in like shanty shacks that are not associated to anybody just like in random spots throughout the movie like there here's a black church or here's a, a shack with a, a black lady giving birth to a child and it's like we're we're in the deep south these a hundred percent all of them probably belong to somebody like let's not pretend that they aren't slaves well <laughs> you're you're right and i and i agree with that and that was part of that scene where he goes and you know he helps her you know have the baby and then him and the duke get into that fight and all that other bullshit but that part bothers me too because it's almost like the slaves or these enslaved people walk up and they are begging him to help it's like they've never had a fucking baby (laughs) their entire existence on this plantation so they need this white dude who just showed up really holden is there yeah to save the day to come up and help and all i can hear in my head is the is the gone with the wind i don't know that's about birthing no babies miss god (laughs) all i can fucking hear the entire time i see that scene i know what you mean also the ignorance where the one actress asks every union soldier that walks up to you her are you the doctor are you the doctor are you the doctor like (laughs) it's it's terrible and and depending upon who was watching they wouldn't be asking any goddamn questions whatsoever (laughs) they would literally be like nope i don't know what the fuck is going on right now i just know when they leave i'm gonna be leaving too right (laughs) there's that one part where the where uh, john wayne asks for uh, the doctor and that one guy was like, oh, he's helping the contraband or something <laughs> in reference to the black family. Jesus. Well, I mean, that's pretty accurate. Actually. That, that's, uh, that's, I yes, I know it's accurate, but I still wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, what I did, what I was, I actually had to dig into this a little bit. So I know um, his uh, Holden's hospital steward, you know, the other, the little guy, the nurse with him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the nerd. Because yeah, he he did when at the during that during that scene he does refer uh, to that family up in the cabinet uh, up in the cabin as being the, the colored family or he's up there helping the coloreds and I was really interested uh, I wasn't quite sure when that that term, vernacular yeah when that vernacular came to use and it, it doesn't appear that that word really became used until sometime not far after but after the American Civil War so I think in this case contraband is is probably a more likely term that a union soldier would have been using in a situation like that 
and far more polite than other terms. And, and far more polite than other terms that were much more popular and more heavily used. And, and by know? the way, the so-called nerdy doctor's assistant, his name was Hoppy. Oh, thank Hoppy. you. Hoppy! Thank you. Mark it down. It's Hoppy. <laughs> Hoppy. I'm glad you got I, I loved Hoppy, especially when he was treating those two Confederate deserters and he just, like, just pours like hydrogen peroxide down their ears. Now, do you know who one of those Confederate soldiers is? Not a clue. That is, uh, and I can never remember his, his real name. Denver Pyle. Thank you. That is the same gentleman from uh, Cool Hand Luke who stands oh, there. No, no. Oh, no, not Denver Pyle, uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, Denver Pyle was Uncle Jesse. Wait, is is he squeal like a piggy? No. No, that's deliverance. That's a different <laughs> flick. My apologies. Is that the same guy, though? Yeah. That is the same guy. Oh, wow. Now, okay. what we have here is a failure, failure to communicate. Same okay. dude. He's the one that goes, <laughs> when he sticks that thing through. He's like, you're trying to stick it through to the other side. And he goes, I doubt it would meet with any kind of obstruction. <laughs> that's it. Thank you. And he's also, uh, if. Uh, you gentlemen are familiar with the film Slapshot? Anybody? Anybody? Paul Newman oh, vehicle? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Okay. Is it is. John, he, and, John and Jack. He, he's he's the team owner, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Right, he's the uh, the GM. Yeah, the, the GM, GM. The general manager. But he has literally one of the funniest scenes in the entire movie. Um, and it's when he goes to talk to, uh, or Paul Newman goes to talk to him about the Hanson brothers. <laughs> And they brought their fucking toys. He's like, brought their fucking toys. And he's like, ah, well, he goes, at least they're not chronic masturbators. And he he says, well, why would they be? He goes, well, what the name, what the hell was the name of that guy out in Omaha? Every time he'd get bored, he'd get a penalty and he'd get in a box and sure as shit, if he wouldn't start just. (laughs) 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 And he just, that's him. Brother nice. Martin, goddamn! Now, but that is him when he's one of the rebels with the hurt ear. Putting the okay, but I knew the guy was familiar. And yeah, I'm like I can't place him. That's him. All right. Yeah, that was that was the background that I because I remember the first time when I was a kid, my my dad loved Cool Hand Luke. It, that was one thing, the major thing we had in common. I remember him saying that shit. <laughs> he was yeah. like, oh, well, and going back to your oh. question, uh, yes, getting back on point. Yeah, Lukey, Althea Gibson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted I wanted to chat about that next because it's actually because of her. This movie is a lot tamer in the racism world than it was originally going to be. I could see that. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It is a John Wayne movie. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you've read the Playboy article that he did. <laughs> I've oh, I've heard plenty about him. Mm-hmm. That was the one that was underneath his bed. <laughs> yeah, that was underneath my bed, not the Playboy. You couldn't read it anymore because the pages were stuck together. <laughs> wow, well, you're, you're absolutely right. But yeah, Paul. I mean, uh, let's let's give her some of her bona fides. Tennis champion. Wimbledon, 57-58, U.S. Open, 57-58, French Open, 56, Australian Open, 58, 56 career, um, like career titles Grand, in like, tennis alone. And you said golf as well, yeah, right? She was, she was an LPGA star. And, and from what we were able to learn about the movie is they really, um, 
I don't know if it was, was it John Ford or was it Harold Sinclair who wrote the novel with that verbiage in it or the Harold Sinclair. So that was probably straight out of, out of his book that they wanted her to really, to be honest, dumb herself down for the role, right? Yeah. Is what we're looking at. Um, but she flat out refused to, to, to bow to John Ford and, and you know, but what from I, from from what that I the the research that I did on that whole interaction is that she went to him privately and said, I'm not going to talk like this. Yeah. I don't talk like this and I'm not going to be made to look like a fucking fool. Yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But he he was notorious for punishing his actors for any kind of deviation from his plan mm -hmm. in script or dialogue or otherwise. And she was one of the only people that ever got him to change his script him. or writing for otherwise. But she only got like three lines in the whole movie. Sure. Or something so like I'm that. sure he was still, you know, it was still John Ford. He was like, yeah, I'll change your dialogue, but you're getting three fucking lines out or whatever. And one of them is Ugh. on top of it, I'm going to make sure that you get shot before the end of the movie. Yeah, no right. shit. We're going to add that one in. You yeah. Know, yeah. We're going to take this fictional character and now you're shot. You will die in this film. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's it's truly impressive. This is having her in this film is literally the equivalent of like imagine if Serena Williams was in like Twelve Years a Slave. Like sure. that yeah. that's that's the closest equivalent that I that I can think of. Sure. I agree. I, I would agree. And and if and if Serena Williams at at her era had to deal with as much bullshit as Althea did in hers and the, and you know, being yeah. black in the fifties. And I think that, I think the big difference would be in, in 1959, we're, we're definitely looking at like legit racism in, in a lot of those aspects. Right. Oh, shit. But I think if somebody like Serena Williams was asked to be in, in 12 years a slave, we're, we're not arguing the fact that our, our dialects between the slave population and us is vastly different. Mm -hmm. So now if we we're actually doing a movie like that, but actually setting it in a correct historic context, I think then it would be okay with the understanding that, Hey, this is, tr this is telling the truth of our culture versus you're just going to talk like this because this is our assumption of how you should be talking based on, you know, a hundred years of racism or more. Right. If that makes I think it could be accepted more today if put in the right context. And I think perhaps now we've evolved to the point where we can understand that that difference between modern and, and historic dialect. As long as the subservience isn't glorified. Yeah. Because, it, well, I mean, it sucks. I think a, a good example of that is, have you ever, are you're familiar with uh, the comedians Key and Peele, right? Oh, fuck yeah. So have you ever seen the Key and, Pe Key and Peele sketch where they're at this funeral and they're talking this dude up and he's like, and in 1965, he marched with Dr. Martin Luther King. Da, 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 da. And they're like, going through my father's possessions, I found this never before played film reel from his acting career. And it's all of these super, really, really bad stereotypical. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's bad. But the fact that like Key and Peel are contextualizing it, being like, "This is how things used to be," and now we're making fun of it. Like that's that's what brings it to an okay place today. Versus like, I I don't know how to further this thought, but I I think that's a well, I would, I would sure, but I would say this is that you know her being in that film, and if you look at the the 
I guess a stereotypical version of an enslaved person going back to gone with the wind. I mean, they, they didn't have, or they didn't do some of the things that she did in that movie. So some of her, without even having dialogue, some of the, her facial reactions, you know, she rolls her eyes or, you know, she's has this like, fuck you look on her face. And I think that her being able to do that in that movie, even though she didn't have that much dialogue, I think that furthered black acting because of what she could do in that movie. And I don't think that she was allowed to do shit. I think that she was just good at being able to put that on screen or on film. Mm -hmm. And that was why she did what she did. But I think that, you know, we, we joke about her, you know, getting her lines cut and everything like that. But I think that John Ford for, for all of his faults and everything else, I think that him being able to do what he did with her and saying basically, yeah, you know, why would I denigrate somebody who has, you know, what you have and not just so much as that being is her having that, but saying, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm sure he'd met thousands of black people that by that point. Mm -hmm. And he understood that even then fucking talk like that, you know, I mean, even if they were friends with the people who live on the plantation, who the fuck is going to, let's be honest. Right. But yeah, I, I honestly, I think, I think her doing what she did and the way she did it, I think John Ford respected her and he, I think he respected power in a sense that, I mean, the guy was on fucking Wake Island. <laughs> I mean, dude, you know what I mean? The dude knew that if you, you want to fight back, you smack somebody in the fucking mouth, they'll listen. And he got smacked in the mouth. And I think he listened. Interesting. Yeah. That was on a movie we just watched actually. Wasn't it John? Yeah. Un unfortunately. Uh-oh. <laughs> our our last movie review was uh 2019's Midway, starring oh. Nick Jonas. Heavy on the mid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, avoided that one today. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. And you know what? There some of the CGI and shit in it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. Here, here's what I'll say. Mm. It is it's a fun movie, but boy oh boy do they they ham it up like it's i hate ed scrine's accent oh my god are are you fucking kidding me that the whole thing that who's who's the is that that dude at the beginning the one who's the the uh the bomber or the you know what i mean the 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 aptly named dick best (laughs) oh seriously is it right oh my god i mentioned it he is a he is a true american hero and i will have will not have you denigrate them like i i mentioned it in the podcast but i don't doubt for a second the only guy in history that's successfully sunk two ships on one bombing run is named dick best (laughs) (laughs) well it's almost like you know Paul Tibbetts being the commander of the Enola Gay and dropping the first atomic bomb. He's like, go ahead and say something, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> say something, I dare you. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so where are we at now? Oh, yeah. We're moving, uh, moving into further south into this raid. How about how about we, we talk about the... What do you think about having a film that, even though it's not directly a Vicksburg 
film. This is a Vicksburg adjacent film, and that's not something we we usually get out of Civil War media. So, did you did you guys appreciate this kind of change in direction or change in theater? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I'm hesitating. Well, that was easy. Paul's face. Next question. He dislikes this movie so much. I love the fact that it's, <laughs> that it's it's in the Western theater, you know, and it also involves units that I mean, well, in reality, Tell it, it was it was two Illinois units. Yeah. You know, the sixth and seventh Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I I love I love the fact that it's you know it's 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 a Western theater movie and. Uh, and even though it was uh, uh, a small part of the overall, you know, Vicksburg campaign, it was, you know, essential to its success. And so I, I love, I love that Illinois connection. I'm, I'm a home, I'm a homeboy. I'll agree with that, especially, you know, since it's, it's loosely based around Grierson's raid of, of 1863. And I, I think going back to your question, a lot of civil war movies tend to, tend to hit on, on the big battles, right? Is that kind of where the direction you were going in with that question? You know, we yeah. Have- I, I would say it's Gettysburg or it's very Eastern. Or it's a movie called Vicksburg, you know, something big. Fuck, I wish. Well, well, well that, that's a whole other discussion. I mean, I, 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 I guess I'm happy that it is a Western theater movie because there are so few. You know, everybody thinks of the Antietams and the, the Fredericksburgs and the, and the Gettysburg. But when you look at the big scheme of the Civil War, what were they really doing out East other than Losing, slogging back and forth, nothing. <laughs> Putting no, up fucking L's. There was nothing <laughs> like the bears. Nothing truly strategic. <laughs> slogging back and forth. Hey, you fellas are out in, in uh, Colorado, right? I am Jackson, South Dakota. Oh fuck! You have you have nothing to root for. Um. <laughs> hey, if you if you look back there, what what do you see? It's a it's a nice little Vikings football. Okay. Oh fuck! You got two fucking Vikings on this podcast. Skull, baby, eat shit, and we won today. <laughs> All we had to do is put in our third string, and then we're no successful, shit. right? The fucking did, oh, I'm not even gonna get into All it. Right, anyway, done, anyway, done. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Bears fans quit as usual. <laughs> but anyway, so. Like in this particular era of, of Hollywood, there really weren't that many Civil War movies. So that's why, like when I when I was a kid, I I loved this movie a lot more because it's like holy shit, it's a Civil War movie. And they mentioned yeah. Illinois, and that's what I was going to ask you too, John. You you said you your grandfather gave you you know this film and you watched it again and again. I mean, how did did you like this movie when you were a kid watching it? Yeah, I. As a kid, I, I've, I've always been a big history nerd ever, ever since I was a kid. The problem with that is that from a young age, like if you start at a young age, the issue is you're really good at knowing like days and people and just like facts of what happened. It's not until way later, like it wasn't until I went to college um, and I, I that's what I got my my bachelor's degree was history. It's not until you you're actually like an adult and you start having ethical discussions and like what is the daisy chain effect of why this happened, why this happened, why this happened. 
that you start to realize issues with all these things that you used to love. And that that's kind of the issue that I have with this film. Like as a kid, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Cavalry charges. Like pew, pew, pew. Like pew, pew. Slightly suggestive low cut dresses. Like, you know. Movies. And I like her movies. Holy shit. John Wayne just blew up a bridge lighting a charge with his cigar. Holy fuck. Like. And He's I, literally I, me. Yeah, you're. I agree. I would say the same thing is that that Chris said is that it was the first time when I was a kid. You know, after seeing the the, and I and I saw this movie before. I saw Gettysburg when I was a kid and everything like that. But you know, everything was about the the, the Eastern Theater, and the only mention of Illinois in you know in that time frame of Civil War history coming out was Lincoln. That was it. It wasn't about, or Grant, you know, there would be a passing, you know, Grant, Galena, and they would just kind of move on. But in this film, when I was a kid, you would hear, you know, the, that he was from Illinois and the, you know, the first Illinois is going out with them. And then you start to, you know, as my dad would tell me, you know, I'd ask him a question, like, go look the shit up. I don't, I don't know. And so that was how I ended up starting my addiction to civil war books is that i was like well i can't look it up if i don't have the book and so i would look it up and then you know as you found out it's two illinois regiments and one iowa regiment mm-hmm. in the movie it's one michigan one iowa one illinois but they kept that damn iowa thank you and that was where i was getting to yeah, why the fuck did the islanders the get their bullshit in there mm-hmm. it's horseshit I mean, it's this horseshit but as a recovering iowan I'll, I'll let it slide Oh shit! You guys even have a nickname? Because we're the I mean, suckers. <laughs> yeah, it's recovering. Losers. Yeah, it's called recovering. The, the Fuchs. Oh fuck! That's that, that's bogus. They can't have that. They've always been the. Hawkeyes. They've always been the Hawkeyes. Yeah, it's a it's a legit term for civil war. Also, didn't cool. didn't <laughs> Illinois hockey team steal a Wisconsin? Uh, chief's name uh, i need to correct you it's illinois we are not plural he said but did illinois he said illinois yeah but he said did illinois like plural like did illinois like possessive oh you asshole very sensitive on that i apologize (laughs) i will have you know i'm on my third glass of whiskey cut me a break <laughs> it's, it's pronounced Ia Noir. Illinois. That's right. It's, 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 it's Illinois. Right on your longest day podcast, you said that you had been nursing one through the whole recording. Oh one. God! One. <laughs> Took him to the bottle in this one. <laughs> now you're you see what you guys did to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see. <laughs> I'm glad to see we figured out who one of our 12 listeners are. Right. There's lots of things to gripe about this movie. And I understand that the movie is based on the book and there's Sinclair change stuff too, but the whole, it drives me crazy when they change unnecessarily change historical facts. Like Adam, you're bringing up with, with the regiments. Yeah. I mean, why change those? And why, you know, why does it have to be John Marlowe instead of Benjamin Grierson? Well, I, I do understand for the person, person of this movie, because 
I mean, Gerson, before the war, was a music teacher in Jacksonville, Illinois, you know, and he, he wasn't on the prowl for some southern lass. I mean, he had a stable. Oh, know, my God. And you read, you wife. read, yeah, you read about his relationship with his wife and kids. That was the one thing that, you know, when before the raid started, they had to get a hold of him in Jacksonville because he was literally there. I think he had just gotten home like the day before. Yeah. And then he gets orders. It's like, get your ass back to Mississippi. It's, it's a go. They sent they, they send an orderly to the house and his wife answered the door and she was like, John, yeah. or, she's like, Ben, your orders are, are here. John, <laughs> fucking Marlo. But, but, but this guy's backstory is, is, is so cool. I mean, he's, he's such an unlikely calvary hero you know a guy who you know nearly got killed when he got kicked in the head you know by a horse when how old was he uh he was eight yeah he's laying in a coma for the better part of two weeks hates horses (laughs) you know and you know he's not a military guy he's a very talented musician and all that and of all the people who ends up commanding this one of the most famous union cavalry raids during the civil war and Mm -hmm. it's so you know, and then, and then cavalry success. regiments after the <laughs> civil and then, and after, war. And then for him to actually stay in the military after the war, commanding, you know, the, the, the 10th, 10th. Was cavalry, mm-hmm. you know, Buffalo soldiers. I mean, he, he, I he was, he was their, I mean, he was their first commander. He was the one who, you know, that, that shitty Buffalo soldiers movie that, yeah, <laughs> that fucking stars Danny Glover. Danny Glover. <laughs> do i hear our next movie together oh <laughs> seriously i will watch that, that fucker one. because there are some good parts in that movie there really are but it, it, it's the only film that they've ever made about literally the guys who actually took fucking san juan hill but yeah <laughs> they they that's but you're you know you're right but gerson was i mean he took on that command after this raid but he took on this raid even after knowing that if they went down there and they got cut off, they were fucked. I mean, there was, there was no turning back and That's he right. still I did it. I understand there was a Billy Andersonville. That's right. <laughs> where, where, where yeah. am I going, doc? It, it, They're going to create Andersonville just for us. <laughs> That's exactly, right. No shit. Exactly. And so to, to, to back up to, you know, that scene in the very beginning where they tell him on the boat, you know, you, you fuck up, you're going to go to Andersonville the part where they light their cigars from the top of the goddamn lanterns. They literally light their cigars on that boat from the top of those fucking oil lamps. Like yeah. they are red hot. Yeah. At the top of the chimney. Seriously. Uh, it is lamp. bonkers. Fellas, if you watch it again or anybody out there watches it, notice that at the beginning, because you will not notice it until somebody mentions it. And Christopher mentioned it to me and I cannot fucking unsee it. Every time I've started that movie since we started this, that's the only thing I pay attention to is at the beginning of that film when they're lighting their stogies. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm, I'm going into this movie with well, bullshit. I think, I think they do it again at Greenbrier Plant, uh, Plantation yes, as well. Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah, they do it from like one of the candles. Yes, but... Is the, it a candle or a lantern, I thought? I, I think it might be a lantern because that's that's right... I know the drunk sergeant's in the hallway. I remember that part. And trying to figure out where to spit his tobacco juice. Yes. And he's the one that has and the. Don't, don't you worry, don't you worry, sir. The testing sergeant made sure that it was a poison. Part of the reason I like his character. That's right. Where he keeps walking in at the beginning of the movie when he comes into the tent, and keeps banging into the fucking lantern when he goes to salute. Because <laughs> he's shit faced. 
yeah, they have to yank him off the train. And then they go to Newton station and when they get into the bar. He's, you know, drinking, drinking, drinking. And he fucking throws the bottle. And he's like, bar's closed. And then later on, he's got a bottle down his pants and uh, Marlowe or Grierson knows that he does. And he tells him to do whatever he does. And he fucking smacks his goddamn crotch, smashes that fucking yeah. bottle. And he has to fucking duck walk out of the bar. <laughs> Man, that's got to, that had to have been an uncomfortable saddle ride afterwards. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, well, speaking of which, all the guys that got yanked out of the command, then they do it in the movie where literally they, they go through, you know, each man mm-hmm. and test their fitness and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal on this fucking raid that, you know, the, the guys who couldn't make it, and I think it was. 250 guys out of the second iowa it was all a bunch of fucking islanders got cold out yeah and they and it was and it was well what do you expect all we have to do in iowa is eat cheese and drink beer what well (laughs) why do you think they're a (laughs) never mind (laughs) well there was a there was a there was a reason why so the uh sixth and seventh illinois were, were pretty pretty stable for quite a while in lagrange tennessee the second Iowa had just come off of uh, of a campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where that. I think they were going down into Alabama, perhaps. So by the time they got back to Lagrange, they were already a, a used up yeah, unit. They were, burned out. They were already were burned fun. out. So it would have taken them a while of being back in camp to recuperate. So it does make sense that they lost quite a few of the second Iowa on that quick medical yeah. scrub that they did before going going through Mississippi. Yeah, yeah there was the ones didn't uh, didn't. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the Sherman, second Iowa sent back early. Yep. I'm sorry. I was going to say, didn't Sherman do something similar before his uh, cross south tour? <laughs> um, <laughs> For his barbecue fucking his yeah, barbecue yeah. tour through Georgia. His, his, his tour of Georgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta say, a great line in this movie is, uh, "You're not going to burn the town, are you? No, just contraband." <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> so the whole fucking town yep the yeah. whole thing yeah it's a problem so we're gonna take care of it yeah the whole thing's contraband uh yeah that that part though where uh you know you get to the the instance of newton station where you know you have these guys pouring off of a train and you know not saying that and and i agree which whoever was the screenwriter of this they were amalgamating a a lot of shit i mean like an entire fucking wars Mm. (laughs) worth of shit into an hour and 45 minute movie so you know you you get the the instances at like manassas where you have confederate troops pouring off the train you know literally getting into formation and getting to the battlefield Mm -hmm. that's newton station except in this instance they literally kill fucking all of them (laughs) right all of them the only dude who survives is the dude who's not on the train it's like a samurai right seriously (laughs) it it is it's like it's like american samurai (laughs) but you know don't 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 get the don't give the lost causers anything to latch on to okay let's that's true a good point let's cool it yeah fuck that guy but no i mean literally like that whole scene and then of course you know you as you move forward into the movie the whole thing with the military academy. I mean, that's that's the the VMI attack at you know Newmarket, the field of lost shoes, all that bullshit. But you know the 
one of the main points of that that scene or scenes of them going into that fight is just remember two things one those are real muskets those are real goddamn rifles those kids have two they're real bayonets <laughs> those are full eh, spring fine. <laughs> italian spring fucking bayonets and these kids are running their ass off down that hill and that one kid i i cannot unsee it he literally he plants that fucking bayonet and rifle into the ground and he does a, almost a complete somersault <laughs> just oh, a yeah. complete flip over and like then a, an olympic up. pole vaulter basically so, oh my god seriously it, it, it's brutal the way this kid hits and he's the last one running as they go forward but you see him get up and this poor little shit is literally like oh, fuck <laughs> well that 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 harkens back to the one stunt man that john ford killed no <laughs> he, the guy he, he didn't get back up you putting this on ford's head <laughs> yeah yeah i am well i mean ford oh, here we go feel yeah, really guilty about it. well yeah it was at that at that 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 final battle scene um i i think in the movie it's supposed to be walls bridge on the tickfall river so th that engagement actually occurred um there on a bridge they were trying to finally cross the bridge and there was a farmhouse where the doctor stayed behind to treat the wounded but there's a scene there where a, a cavalry trooper uh, falls off his mount and does he fall into the, the water the or does he fall on land right no, there he across falls on the, in the dirt. yeah he falls on the dirt oh, on man, that side like of the bridge there's yeah. another guy that goes that falls off his horse and on, into the on, river into the river and i mean even he looks like he takes it hard hit yeah so when yeah i heard about a stuntman dying i was wondering if it was that. no it, it was the guy he, he 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 gets across the bridge and then he makes his fall onto the, the hard ball there on that side of the river he was killed in that fall and from what i was able to to, to gather it really changed the the final outcome of the movie for john ford so i think the original grierson's raid they rode all the way to baton rouge but as you notice the movie kind of ends abruptly after that and i think we were adam and i were talking about this it sounds like that the original plan was to carry the movie on through baton rouge but it sounds like this uh this this death on set was kind of a buzzkill to the, the the filming of the remaining of the movie so, so, so john ford yeah already uh, gave up and what uh john wayne was working on a picture another movie at the time right too that was taken oh he was, was that doing, the alamo just, he was just a little film he was doing pre-production work for the alamo. right right so he he had his he had his head more focused on the alamo john ford killing stuntman on on set kind of killed the movie <laughs> you could you could say it kind of uh he was a little distracted by the just party foul sure just a skosh <laughs> <laughs> well after you know after that happened um he john ford was basically saying fuck this we're done we're we're not gonna i don't give a shit what you do where you do it how you do it you either go into baton rouge or you blow the fucking bridge up i don't give a shit but he he, he left he almost he got on a fucking plane and he went back to LA. He he didn't give a shit about how that movie ended or anything like that because that guy was yeah, I don't know if you guys spoke about it while it was mm -hmm. in the bathroom, but I mean he he was his best friend. I mean they worked together wow. since Yeah, I didn't know that. They they worked together since the the silent movie era. And he was a stunt coordinator on several different movies. And so when he He's died He still has him galloping around on a horse. Well, He's fuck. Been doing this since the 1920s. I mean, so. goddamn it, dude! If it ain't broke, don't fix it until you break your neck. Yeah, and in the 1920s. 
in the 1920s, he's already like 40. So the guy was like an 80 year old stuntman riding around on a horse. Yeah, I just made that up. He died doing what he loved. Right? His fucking chute didn't open. Yeah. But he, no, he, when he falls and breaks his neck, and I don't know if you said it, but I mean, what is her name? The love interest? Hannah Hunter. Hannah, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, Hannah, Hannah Hunter. Yeah, Desi, Constance Towers. Constance Towers ran up and thought it was a part of the scene, and she kind of picked him up, and he basically was, you know, gurgling out. There, there's a million. Oh, so it's her fault. Yeah, she, she moved a trauma patient. And it is Constant Tower's fault for moving a, co- mm-hmm. a trauma patient. If you, if, <laughs> that's right. That's right. She moved, right. She moved his fucking she, neck. Yeah, and she claimed to be a nurse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. By this Way to go, new movie. guy. <laughs> Apparently somebody lied on their fucking resume. Well, uh, around that time, <laughs> in the movie, right when he falls off the horse, that, that split second where you see John yes. Wayne, He's got like this panic look, like he didn't think that's how that was supposed to exactly look. Exactly right. But they kept that in the movie. Yeah. And after you mentioned, because I didn't know at the time that that stuntman had died. Yeah. You go back and rewatch it, and his expression, just at that that very minute moment in time, yeah. looks legit. Like, oh, oh fuck. fuck, that yeah. wasn't supposed to. There happen. is there is no other description. Yeah. yeah Literally, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. oh fuck. Yeah. And but she did. She ran up, and she thought it was kind of like an ad lib or whatever was happening. Mm-hmm. And she ran up and she grabbed him and she picked him up and she said that literally he was dying. He was trying to talk and he couldn't. And then he, you could see he was trying to move and he couldn't move. And basically he did, he didn't die in her arms. He died on the way to the hospital, but that was the fucking yeah. end of that. His, his, fe- his uh, head fell off like Petey. <laughs> <laughs> Our pets are heads are falling off. <laughs> Pretty bird. Pretty bird. We got enough money to sleep. We got enough money to eat. Yeah, so you know that part happens, and then after that, nobody gives a shit anymore. Uh, right. John Wayne is well. They were they were already like massively over budget because I think both John Wayne and uh, William Holden both had uh, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar yes. payouts from this film, the most which is yeah, is an astronomical amount. But the most any the most any actors at that point, uh, either singly or as co-star and star had ever been paid who 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 has a legit gross number for the film's take so so imdb says 1.7 million however wikipedia says 3.8 i'm probably going to side with imdb on the gross revenue that came in for this movie so if you take i think wikipedia's take is including vhs sales (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Betamax, VHS, all the way to now, Laserdisc. Yeah. Yeah. I, I account for sales. I account for one of them. So, but I mean, <laughs> or your grandparents do. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, they count for two of them because my grandfather had his own copy. So, oh shit, that's gonna be a collector's item. Hold on to that. He was a double dipper. <laughs> He's what they call no, the I film mean, industry a double dipper. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars per. I mean, that that's your. That's your take right there. I mean, it really is. There's not much meat left on the bone when it's said and done. No, but as I said yeah. to you earlier, uh, the other part of the contract was that they were supposed to get 15% of the box office. All three, you know, three, four, five tickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah no shit. But I mean, literally, it was supposed to be, you know, a, a big hit and it fucking tanked. It was number one its first week out. And then after that, yeah, what were some precipitous? Where did I read these? Some, some quotes. It was either noted as being john ford's thundering spectacle 
<laughs> John Ford's thundering debacle. <laughs> Man, I wonder how many times At least John it Ford's wasn't John. Like, hey, fuck you. Fuck you. I still make more money than you. <laughs> Fucking John Ford. You're you. Surprised nobody was like, this is John Ford's thundering butthole. <laughs> ah, so let's bring that back real quick, if we could. So oh, one God. of the things that I found out about this. Yeah, uh, about John Ford's butthole <laughs> is uh, at the very, very beginning of the shoot, right before everything started to go down, John Ford uh, was told by everybody in his entire life that he was a fucking alcoholic. And so he said, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop drinking right fucking now. And guess what? I'm going to do this movie and you john fucking wayne and you bill holden both alcoholics you're quitting drinking too and they said sure john <laughs> my my favorite part of this is that they eventually they got so fucking over it both of them so they hated each other like in real life oh yeah absolutely and and yet yes they, they they're, fucking they're, loathe one another their love of the drink Got them mm -hmm. past their hatred of each other for a night on the town Thank in you. which they had to sneak out of the set and like John Ford had to hunt them down like mid like downtown tirade and he apparently had to pay out a shitload of money to fix their damage. Yeah. And actually <laughs> part part of that story is this is that they so they had been they'd been drinking. I mean, th there was no way they were going to stop. I mean, you know, as get, John Wayne does, right. Getting fucking DTs and shit. And so William Holden realizes, uh, there's, there's one thing that we can get on this set that he's not going to check and our orange juice or otherwise, he's not going to check our fruit. And so somebody comes up with an idea that they're going to start injecting vodka into the fucking oranges. These assholes are eating in the morning for breakfast. So they do. And literally they're eating orange vodka <laughs> in the morning. But that is no some high what. that is some high school girl soaking a tampon in vodka. Oh, seriously. Right there. And this I I will I will say this. I mean, as you know, anybody who's ever been an addict, I mean, that's some that's some really, really complicated shit that you've got to go through to continue your, you know just let's put it this way being right <laughs> you know what i mean i gotta get right. right and they got right in the morning so as you said they decide they're going to go out on this uh this bender and they don't know how they're going to do it so one of the producers literally says here's an idea what we'll do is we'll say that your teeth are coming up yellow in the daily prints <laughs> to need to go get your teeth cleaned in new orleans because they shot this movie in nacogdoches parish uh louisiana which is as anybody uh, any of our any of uh uh armchair commanders or civil weird podcast listeners know out in nacogdoches it's in the middle of fucking nowhere and so they decide they're going to go party in in new orleans they cook up this fucking plan they go down there and john ford sends spies and he sends black spies 
literal black people that he knew that would not be noticed. Nobody gave a shit about him. And they would just wander about and watch these two assholes as they wandered through New Orleans and Bourbon Street getting shit hammered. And literally, you're right. That was the night that that happened. The night that you're talking about was a night that they went to a small town somewhere near there, Nacogdoches, Louisiana, or wherever the fuck it was. And you're right. They trashed this entire goddamn place and they had to go through and clean up their fucking mess after they did this shit. But the night after new or the weekend after new Orleans, they came back to the set and they were both hung over and they were sitting there and John Ford walked up and he was asking them questions like, can I see, you know, let's see how it's going. And they showed him their teeth and everything like that. And of course they had gone and gotten it done. And uh, he, he kept uh, saying a number and they couldn't figure out why he kept saying this number. And then he finally lost his shit. And it was the number of bars that they had hit in the fucking French quarter. And literally he said, I will shut this down. <laughs> if you two assholes go do anything like this again. And so literally they just went to another small town that was in the area and fucking trashed. <laughs> destroying <laughs> New Orleans, but that's literally you have three alcoholics. Like, I mean, you know, we're all alcoholics to an extent, but these motherfuckers, <laughs> I can quit whenever I want. Thank you, thank you. That's what we can do. They couldn't. Right. These guys were injecting oranges with vodka for Christ's sake. <laughs> but that was that. Let's let's just put it this way. That was how every day started off on that fucking shoot for two months. <laughs> was three drunk assholes waking up. Either one figured out how he wasn't going to drink that day or the two other assholes figured out how they were going to fucking drink that day. So, well, at least, there you go. At least their, their sets didn't look like Southern California. They looked like Mississippi should. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah. So, I so I have a, I have a slight diversion that I, I absolutely need to take because my whiskey brain will not let me divert from this. Um, no big deal. We're right there with you. <laughs> so, and it's going to make sense. So I believe when you said the word Nagadoches, I was like, Nagadoches is a weird word. And then I immediately remembered listening to you. I think it was your guys's camel core episode. Yeah. And I am, I'm going to come at you because you, you said uh, a word wrong in that, in that episode. How dare you? Oh no. <laughs> you guys you said, now. you said like Tejon or something like that. Oh yeah. California Fort Tejon, Tejon. We didn't, we didn't know. I remember that because Chris and I looked at each other cause we weren't quite sure how I was supposed to say that. So here in Colorado, in Colorado Springs, the main street or the main drag is the it's spelled the exact same T E J O N, and it's Tahone. That, oh. that didn't make sense. Oh, and wow. to, okay. To to okay. further it, my my favorite band, I because I got shit on because one of my favorite bands is called the Tahone Street Corner Thieves. And for the longest time, I called it the same thing you guys did. I was like, Tehan Corner Street Thieves. Right? And, How the fuck uh, why would you not? You're right. And I went to one of their shows and they're they're getting much, much more pop 
popular they're opening for bigger acts but they're still small enough that like they're running their own merch booth um and so like i went to one of their shows and i went and bought one of their t-shirts i'm like yeah i love you guys and like the fuck did you say (laughs) (laughs) the fuck did you say yeah, some super fan, my yeah right <laughs> i love journey <laughs> how do you what did you say journey, journey. I love journey. <laughs> well that's good to know that's good to know right that's how we say it no don't, shit don't, i'm just don't. Okay, so, so I, ha- I had in, to i had to set Colorado, that record straight to home okay how, how do you guys how do you guys say sand creek hey now <laughs> sorry that wasn't a fort my bad anyway move on. let's move on <laughs> at least it's at least it's not as bad as uh wounded knee right jack Ooh, i would i would say worse i would say worse i would go sand creek if we're if we're gonna go off uh of uh one to ten of massacre scale <laughs> i would go sand creek pretty fucking bad yeah it's, i don't know uh, jack what's your what's your favorite massacre <laughs> wow dp wow <laughs> no shit which so, one <laughs> i'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i i love giving jack shit and this is super insensitive of me you you can't see it and i don't think unless you've listened to some of our other episodes but jack is of native american descent um Fuckin a. so i i routinely give him shit like that like last week i uh i just sent him a text message that said custer did nothing wrong and <laughs> uh funny story um just just real quick yeah, uh, great. he was defending our freedom uh, real quick here's a book that's sitting on my fucking <laughs> right on the goddamn thing custer's trials because i found out i i'm a site interpreter at uh the lincoln tomb and i found out uh that custer was there during the um the dedication in 74 and actually he was on his way back to dc to testify or actually give a deposition in a fucking court martial which at the time typical yeah no (laughs) shit he he was he was on his way back and guess where he was coming from dead Hmm. motherfucker He literally came here because he knew his bosses were going to be here, a.k.a. Grant, Sheridan, Sherman. They were all here for the dedication. He was on his way back to D.C. for that deposition. And when he got here, apparently he told them or saw them or talked to them or whatever. And then when he got to D.C., the deposition was canceled. So what I think happened, this is this is purely conjecture. This is purely hypothetical. I will ask you leave her. Grant out of this. You can, I, you can blame I, I, anyone I, else. Oh, Nate, I love the man. Are you going to say that Lincoln intervened on his behalf? Not Lincoln, goddammit. I mean, well, maybe his ghost. <laughs> the, head, the headless, the headless <laughs> corpse of Abraham Lincoln. It says Spiro Agnew. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but I think what happened was that he got here for that dedication. He walked up there and he literally reached into his pocket and he was like, so yeah, I'm going to this thing, but I got a feeling that you guys aren't going to worry about that shit anymore. And he showed him a fat gold nugget that he found near Deadwood, which he had literally, that was where he was coming from on his mm-hmm. way back. I, that, like I said, asterisk, purely fucking conjecture, purely hypothetical. However, when he went to DC and did his deposition, that was the fucking end of it dunzo and then less than a year and a half later he and his entire fucking command was wiped out the goddamn little bighorn but everybody hip hip hooray 
Yeah, well, will... that, that's a movie we could do. Son of the Morning Star. Oh man, so... I would, Adam, I, that's Adam. original. Yeah. That's an original right there. Yeah. Adam, that's, that's a lot of construction. I'll go back to what, what John told Jack. Custer did nothing wrong. So. <laughs> <sighs> oh fuck, Jack, go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see how it is. I was just going to add that every twenty, every twenty fifth of June, my tribe celebrates Victory Day. Nice, right. fucking a right, dude. I, I, fucking a, <laughs> fucking a. Yeah, right. all no, the tribal workers that, get a day off. That is legit. I would love to come out and party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, are you shitting me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All god right. damn, dude. And if you guys live fucking... live podcast, we're going to we're going to review a uh, little bighorn movie and. Uh, drink to the defeat of custer let's do it <laughs> well that's the best part of that movie uh son of the morning star is uh the, the guy who plays custer uh, is amazing gary gary coleman yes gary cole he's in talladega nights he's the fucking dad in talladega nights if you ain't first you're last yeah it's gary cole yeah yeah there we go but he, plays, coleman. But he plays yeah, custer yeah. Gary, no fucking but wouldn't Not it be Webster. awesome if it was Not gary Webster. coleman oh my god what you talking about custer Gary Coleman is fucking Custer. Oh, pity sitting bull, motherfucker. Major Reno's played by Mr. T. Right? Oh yeah, shit. What? Uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking. What you talking about, sitting bull? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who said Horton? Who said historical revisionism is bad? Yeah. No shit. Who said? But but literally in that in that movie, Sun in the Morning Star they're uh, you know they're launching their their attack on that village at the the little bighorn and he uh yeah no it's it's but he he sends reno (laughs) he said fucking reno off and he he does his bullshit and then he's gonna decide he's gonna hit that end Mm -hmm, of the village mm -hmm. and in that that made for tv movie they hit it and he literally with uh it was a bloody knife his Mm -hmm. scout he literally looks over at him and he says he doesn't say oh shit i'm paraphrasing but he says oh shit he's like this isn't the end of the village this is the middle yeah and yeah, i yeah. i i ordered that shirt i'm still waiting for it to come two weeks ago it's that picture of custer from the civil war whereas he's looking you know to the left and he's you know it's that official kind of portrait but in on the t-shirt his eyes are fucking as big as hen's eggs and it says fucking what <laughs> <laughs> But I, I want to get the there's this company that does up these stickers from the movie Gettysburg and it's uh mm. Josh Joshua Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's just him like mid charge scream and it says, We're gonna swing like a door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Sure. Well, I actually uh or, so, just, or just the one that says bayonets, I think they make bayonets. bayonets. Yeah. Yeah. That's still I don't give a shit. That, that you know, that's probably the greatest moment in that movie. Uh it still makes the fucking hair on the back of my neck stand up. Let's, I don't just, give a shit. let's yeah. just ignore Culp's Hill and everything else going on. Yeah, no today. shit. I'll, I'll send it to some, you guys. But uh, bags. have you ever heard of a band called the Ghost of Paul Revere? Uh, no, but I want to. So like they Paul are in the radio? So they're in the same music genre as Tahone Street Corner Thieves. Kicks. Uh, th- they are called they're they're in the trash grass <laughs> genre so it's like a modern bluegrass kind of trailer oh, park shit, yeah. vibe. oh th- seriously send it over man i'll i, I love bluegrass anywho um 
Ghost of Paul Revere is a little more folksy than it is bluegrass, but they are a band from Maine and probably one of the greatest songs that they have is called the ballad of the 20th Maine. And like, like you just saying, like seeing the scene from Gettysburg where they charge down the hill makes your, the hair on your neck stand up. Yeah. Every time I listen to ballad of the 20th Maine, I'm like, yeah, grand army of the Republic. <laughs> it sounds like wasted space i mean the 20th main only got one medal of honor that's true what about the 27th main? <laughs> that's right 27th they literally shower of stars motherfuckers shower of stars you ain't shit main unless you're in the 27th no, the no, 20th no, main dude, got I the only one that matters what's that the 20th main got the only one that matters <laughs> that whole fucking field because remember the battle of gettysburg happened in a fucking vacuum yeah <laughs> according to that movie it did no everything I, before I and after was a mistake main. um so that i several years ago i heard it but it was uh i know exactly what it was like it starts off like my name is andrew tozier i'm a child of litchfield maine that's right that's the one thank you yeah it's a it's a there's another band that I know does it that I have on my Spotify list. And there it's, I agree with you. It's a fantastic fucking song, but it talks about the 20th Maine or him going and fighting, you know, with the original Maine regiments and the, you know, the 90 day, you know, regiments and all that other bullshit. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a fantastic song. Mm. But back to this fucking movie. So one of the, the scenes that still it it's my favorite in the in the movie i would say it's my favorite in the movie the sherman bow ties that thank you that part right there because they're really doing it yeah i and i have i have to agree i think that is not fucking cgi no that i mean that is that is legit they are literally bending rails when you first watch them wrap that that iron around a pole you're like there's no way in hell no seriously legit and you see the i think they're doing it like around a telephone pole or something yeah oh yeah and it's it's catching on fire because of the the sear and and then it does um and as they quench them in the stream right there or the the, where they're throwing them (laughs) but that that's that's what i call <laughs> yeah, right? I would do that. <laughs> no, that's I have, for, not, for, not only is it historically accurate. I mean, I just instinctively I really enjoy. For for, for 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 those for those listeners who are listening in and aren't familiar with with Sherman bow ties or neckties or neckties, I, yeah, either or. Um, it was a a pretty good method of destroying the railroad. So I think I think a stretch of rails like was, what 180? No, sixty feet, fifty fifty sixty like that. feet. Yeah. Well, you could you could rip them up all day long, but then a crew could just come back and, and simply respike them back in, and you're back in operation pretty quick. And I and I think early in the war, that's what they do. They just tear tear it apart, right? And toss it aside. Right. Well, like you say, a you know gang could come in there and and, and, and throw them up pretty quick, you know. But by superheating them or getting them hot, so they would take they would take trees or they would take the ties God. themselves, pile them up, light bonfires along the railroad right away lay as many rails as they can on this heat until they they they, they get soft the and then just in the middle white almost yeah fucking all, white hot. white hot and then just wrap them around a tree multiple times or or at least one full almost one full time around mm-hmm. to cross them over and any crew that would would have to come back through and and 
and uh, unscrew that, I guess, for lack of a better word, they're going to struggle. They're not going to be able to straighten out those rails back to the way they would have been before they were, they were twisted over. And as somebody who has actually seen it in, in actual living color in real life, it, they do a make that noise when they hit. And if they put a post in the ground at this particular reenactment in the fucking mud, um, it will hit that post and blow it out of the ground. Mm -hmm. And then you will find the next quickest thing that you can to wrap that rail, which in this case in 1993 in McCanda, Illinois, happened to be a volunteer apple tree that literally this rail fucking singed in half. Oh yeah. And it, it, it singed it over. I can't think of any other movies where they're actually making Sherman bow ties. None. Not that, not this even is in, like the in, only uh, movie I'm aware of where they're actually bending rail. Not even in that um, scene. What do you call it? Um, uh, Gone with the Wind. Not even. No, no, no. no. We don't want to talk about that movie. It's just even worse. Well, I'm just saying. Anyway, I I also greatly appreciated the the real time moment. That was probably and one it, of my favorite scenes in this movie. But my my reason is because I spent an inordinate amount of time. My, my, like, God, what you, capstone, there we go. My capstone paper for my history degree was the impact on, the impact of the lack of industrialization in the South on the Confederate naval effort. Which hey, is a shit. Topic. We should, yeah. we should get together. The. <laughs> Mine, mine's on uh, Mound City, Mound City, Illinois. Yeah. The the I, I love I loved your uh, your uh, gunboat episode. It's not it's yeah, not very good. often. Thank you. See, we got it's not very often. You talk about Lincoln's Brownwater <laughs> Navy. I love that shit. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? It's 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 a it's an oft forgotten portion right. of the war. And it's I don't know it, if I'm going to be able to do this. This is probably going to be a poor choice. Yeah, God damn it. Do you have painted toenails? What? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I have. Shut up! I have the, I have the monitor tattooed on my foot. I damn. <laughs> That's fucking dedication, boys. Yeah, no kidding. It God is. Damn. Let's go get. Let's go get matching tattoos. No shit. Let's. Uh, what, what was the last grave uh, that that was done? The McIntyre boys. Let's go get the fucking McIntyre boys tattooed on our backs. I'll get a big Marshall. (laughs) I will not have you talk shit on my pretty toenails. They make me feel good about myself. (laughs) Whatever works, baby. Whatever works. Whatever. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever gets you through the night. That's that's the secret. Is I don't. I'm a I'm a government employee. I don't feel good about anything I do. Yeah. I'm a I'm a state employee, and I'm I've I, today was a like a, <laughs> I told Paul earlier today was a rough day. Fucking coworkers, coworkers. I will say this: if they didn't exist, everybody's job would be a lot goddamn easier. <laughs> Bosses and coworkers, if they didn't exist, everything would be fucking fantastic. I could Speaking do whatever of- I wanted with that fucking tomb. Speaking of uh, government employee, government employees, congratulations, Jack, on your new job. Thank you. What are you, an Indian just... agent? I was just gonna say that Indian affairs. 
<laughs> are, you, no. are you running the fucking smallpox blankets and fucking stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus christ it's, no because <laughs> i trust them no it's a library tech position for the state library tech yeah i help blind people the noun not the verb <laughs> it see it took him a second fucking nice that's a that's goddamn that's a double pun motherfucker that's really good that was really good it's a double pun Holy shit! That's George Carlin esque. Fuck <laughs> We're at are you well, Thank you. I'm excited. I start tomorrow. Oh, good shit, man. Good for you. Thanks. Dope. We're we're at in South Dakota. The exact center, the capital pier. I was gonna say it's okay, it's so the it's the one town in South Dakota nobody wants to live in. I think the. <laughs> Okay, they, I'll have you know think, that there are many towns no one wants to live in in South Dakota. In fact, most okay, of them. Okay, fair. Hey, what is what is what Sioux Falls like? My my nephew played uh, football there uh, for a brief period. It, it, he said that literally uh, there are shitloads of Indians in Sioux Falls. Is that true? Well, that's I mean, yeah. true of the entire state, but well, I see. Yeah, I didn't a good, know. A good I, chunk like, of our I, population is native. No, so no good both, shit. So both me and Jack, uh, we went to that. That's how we met. Is we went to college together. Um, we went to the University of South Dakota, which is in Vermilion, and that's an hour south of Sioux Falls. So, believe it or not, Sioux, Sioux Falls. No, we were the Coyotes. God damn it! Not the, the Jackrabbits. South yeah. Dakota State. Oh, the great see, I played against them. We when I went to Northern, I fucking played against South Dakota State. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. The Great Cow College of the North is how we also call them but yeah the chicks. <laughs> is it just based on their chicks or <laughs> just what they do <laughs> that and they're the ag school so okay all right one <laughs> one year in a uh, couple years in college actually for halloween i went as a gorilla and when people would ask me hey are you dressed as a gorilla I, my one of my responses would be no shit sherlock but the other would be no i'm going as an sdsu girl oh nice good shit that's great no we we played against south dakota state so i'm sorry i i did not mean to insult by you are forgiven <laughs> all right barely <laughs> barely <laughs> you fucking asshole but yeah sioux falls that would be where we would like it's like, oh, we're bored. Let's go do something this weekend. So we would go up to Sioux Falls because that was like a real town. Fucking really? Yeah. Sioux Falls, is the, really? Sioux Falls is the biggest uh, city in the state. It was like 100,000? Uh, 100, 150. Just under 200,000. Well, you guys are beating the shit out of us. So, I mean, why am I fucking sitting here? Well, the town we went to college in was 10,000 10, people during the summer and like 20,000 during the school year. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that, that's like I said, that's the only place I know my nephew played ball there for a little while for the indoor football team. But yeah, anyway, yeah. So, all right, back to this fucking movie. <laughs> so we've, we've talked a lot about it, but John Wayne, William Holden, who do you, who are you going with, with the, who gave the better performance? Bill Holden. William Holden, yeah. William Holden. 100%. Yeah. Better actor all around. 
Yeah. John. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, John, John Wayne's the same guy everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. just a Let fucking me tell you. I feel like in this uh, one he was a little different. He was a little different because this is the first time that like he's not the primary love interest mm-hmm. in a John Wayne movie. <clears throat> That's true, and I, I no, I agree with that. And at that point, it seemed that movie was she. I mean the she tried. It seemed in that movie to play a a very interesting character in a sense that she was willing to play that role of a southern belle or you know like a kind of a sex pot role for either one of them to get what she needed it wasn't it she didn't seem like she had an interest in either one of them you know ultimately which a film at that time i think would have been something that they would have had in it she played an actual character where she was playing that you know I will use my feminine charms to get what I need from either one of these assholes. But it it seemed as though she playing that role was, I don't know. I lost the fucking point or lost the plot, but you know what I mean? I guess. You know what I'm saying? You've given a lot no, of definitely. Hunter for, for no, I mean, it, but, I, but I love the fact like, that she's a much more scheming person than. Yeah, like, she's she seems like oh my lord, like, like she's not Lord's this, Lord. she's not the Southern Belle the entire time. She's the like you damn Yankees. Sure, and and piratical nation. Yeah, that crazy shit. She goes off on that tirade, but no, you're right. I mean, she doesn't play that. You know, uh, even Scarlett O'Hara. I mean. You know her character in the novel and even in the movie i mean you know for a woman to play that kind of role in that era in the 30s is is you know awesome i mean it it, it didn't happen but for her to play that kind of nuanced role in 1959 for somebody who was you know somebody who was against you know the the what they were doing there as far as you know these damn yankees and then, you know, still kind of having feelings for John Wayne's character and Bill Holden's character, but not, you know, falling for either one, but seeing the horrors of war and saying, you know, and changing. I mean, she's one of the only characters throughout the movie that changes throughout the entire film. The other two assholes that are the main characters, they pretty much stay the same way throughout the entire thing, except they fight one another. And, you know, I, I don't know why they just don't fucking kiss but <laughs> you know it, it gets real gay at that point and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because there's not but I'm just 1950s saying, america wasn't ready for uh, that romance <laughs> a bill holden fucking john wayne smoochums but <laughs> oh my god jack jack your homework assignment is to see if there's a a a shipping of those two actors on the internet <laughs> I can already tell you there is. <laughs> Almost guarantee it. Find it, <laughs> goddammit! <laughs> That's true. The, 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 the... Strip your blouse! Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right now, just strip your blouse! Now, qu- alright, quick question. Oh my god, that's almost as bad as the one line where he's berating the two people who are in charge of watching her and i was like out of context this is a really bad line but he's like how many men does it take to keep a girl quiet 
Oh no shit! And then takes their fucking stripes. Literally. I was like, I was and, like, and, if you only have, have... A, a sergeant who has fucking stripes in real life over here, that's a big goddamn deal, dude. Like he literally fucking strips their shit in public. To be honest, I've never been tasked with uh, watching constant stuff. <laughs> that's so, true. So. That's true. That's. I mean, you don't know how hard it could be. Right. But even I know what you're saying I'm, that even that part. I'm where, just surprised like, that that soundbite hasn't become its just own solitary thing. <laughs> I mean, man, no shit. Oh, it will. You should. You should do it. Honestly, that that is bonkers as fuck. My new self. I I think the John right. Wayne PR machine already has enough issues. Like, we don't... boy, howdy. Oh, shit, dude, no kidding. The whole fucking thing with her, like when she changes uh, in the field, uh, and uh, Sergeant Drunkard, <laughs> whatever the fuck his name oh, yeah. is. It's it's a very <laughs> Beavis and Butthead moment (laughs) he's looking in and then all of a sudden she's like she stares at him and he turns around (laughs) like but he moves the whole blanket yeah that's the thing that's another part that is very strange for that era of film where literally there was an off chance that you might see a corner of her ass cheek and literally they would have shut the whole fucking production down but that whole thing it works out i don't know why they kept that in but the whole thing the you know the 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 titties at dinner and like they're this they're these weird like sexual moments in this movie that should not be there for any reason at all but they are and like i said i guess there's explanations behind them all but literally for them to try to wedge that shit in in 1959 is very strange to me uh, i don't know by 59 there was quite a bit already no yeah not by 59 i mean if you think of it well i mean i mean betty page did pave a lot of work ahead of that so i don't recall her being in any john wayne flicks as a star her and her and it's a damn shame (laughs) oh absolutely i betty page and her bondage knots were not a draw for the duke and the rest of his crew in 1959 but i mean if you think about it he goes on to do uh what the alamo right after i mean shit like a month or months after they started shooting it yeah and the lady that is the love interest in that movie um god was in the role play uh is that her name no i was i was asking was she also in a role play like betty page (laughs) (laughs) i thought you said roble but she's (laughs) she's spanish or you know she's latina and I, I, she's the, like, what's her name in the, in this film? She literally plays that kind of like sex pot role. And then she becomes a heroine of some sort or, you know, whatever she becomes in the, in the thing. But it, it's very weird for him to play her, you know, have a woman in those two roles to play that kind of, you know, what she does because she's, she sings, you know, she does all the bullshit at the beginning and everything. And I think she's, is she Jim Bowie's love interest, or well, his? Well, in real life, his wife would have been dead by the time of the Alamo. But uh, no. no, I'm saying in the movie. But either way, it doesn't matter. I'm sure John Wayne probably, you know, being fucking so Bowie, Bowie had he was married to a, a local Mexican. Lady. I do, I do recall this. We we reviewed the other Alamo, so that was also a, a part of it. The new one, right? Yeah, the slightly. Yeah. Better. Billy Bob. Not by much, but 
<laughs> Slightly better. Well, the, the, I will say I I gave Billy Bob Thornton a A plus. Like, I he, he is he is what agree. makes that movie worth watching. Everything well, else, fuck off. But Billy yeah. Bob Thornton as Davy Crockett, A one. And and you know what? I I will say this, uh, Jason Patrick, because I like Jason Patrick from other movies like Rush and you know. Uh, uh, Geronimo, did, did he play Geronimo yeah, no, 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 no. He uh, plays Jim Bowie. Um, Jim Bowie, uh, for you know, as a human being in real life, uh, piece of shit. Uh, Jason Patrick, great actor, plays a piece of shit. But um, <laughs> oh, we we went deep on that too. Don't uh, worry. Like, like I said, <laughs> and, if, and you, if you guys haven't had the chance, by by all means, go check. Oh, out I, our, I am now. Like I said, honestly, I'm not now. I mean, not like it was oh before this, uh, but you know what I mean. But like I said, Jason Patrick, I like him a lot because he was in the movie. Have you guys done? You guys haven't done Geronimo? No. Okay, that fucking movie right there. I love that movie, Geronimo American Legend. That because it's there's good shit in it. I mean, it's it's far fetched. It's weird at certain parts and stuff like that that you know shit that never happened but the guy that jason patrick plays in that movie he's a bad motherfucker and they end up in that bar scene with um oh uh what's his name um oh god damn it old guy yeah robert duvall Duvall. that is the best part of that movie they get into that goddamn gunfight with those texans and that his comment about the texans yes he said yeah goddamn texans most who's, former white man ever existed. Who's Geronimo, <laughs> who's Geronimo in that movie? Uh, oh, fucking West Studi. Are you okay. shitting me? Okay, I thought it was Magua. When West well, Studi, when West Studi dies, which I hope it's Hollywood happens, we are going to lose. Literally, he is the goddamn American legend. He's a real American legend. He's a fucking native. Fucking. Yeah. He's he is he's an American. Well, he he studied a lot of language too. Has has he not? And, all of them. Yeah, all of them. I've never seen a movie with Wes Studi where he literally didn't fucking bust literally the entire vernacular of the fucking natives that he was playing. I mean, I, are you shitting me? You guys know who the fuck I'm talking about, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What we, was the uh, name? Wes Studi. Studi. Magua. 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 <laughs> no, fucking eat the heart of the he, fucking he, of the gray right, hair. Of the gray hair. Nobody he's he's Hollywood's hair. go-to Native American before Adam Beach. For real, yeah, yeah, I've seen this guy. But he's so much fucking better because he—he he literally, like, he every single character that he's ever played in a movie, he has always done the best goddamn work you could ever imagine. He literally learns their fucking language of whatever character it is. He learns their goddamn fighting style most of the fucking time. So, like in Last of the Mohicans, when he when he's walking down that fucking column and that British soldier fucking gives him that big shit eating grin, like, oh, it's the first fucking Indian I've ever seen. And then he drops that fucking tomahawk and hits him right in the goddamn throat. He literally, that whole fucking scene, he is absolutely dead on to the novel. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, anyway, we're fucking moving way off the fucking topic here. <laughs> it happens a lot around here. Oh, good. Yeah, welcome to the fucking club. (laughs) So, I think we should uh, move on to a topic that we can we can all agree on, which is booze. Um, (laughs) Jack, Jack, what are you drinking tonight? 
Well, I decided to hit it a bit hard tonight. I had a nice cold fresca. Ooh, <laughs> that's LBJ's All drink right. of choice. Well, you've got yeah, no sugar, hard. no caffeine. Yeah. How can I resist? Starting a new I'm, I'm so disappointed in you, Jack. Good, I can live with that. <laughs> how about how about you, gentlemen? What do you guys got on the table? Oh, in your uh, hands. Well, I didn't do much planning for this evening, so I have the uh, the traditional beer of 1844, uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. A classic. I have I have more of a local favorite. Uh, it's been around since 1851. Uh, Stag, originally brewed in Belleville, Illinois. So, is that is that like a almost like a a Schlitz or? Well, don't insult Schlitz. I mean, Schlitz. Well, is I, would, I, would, I would say don't insult Stag, but yeah, it's no. comparable. <laughs> yeah, uh, local local pilsner. Uh, but yeah, the the locals they they like to say that the, the Stag it stands for steak, taters, and gravy in a can. So that sounds way thicker than what I want out of a no, alcoholic it's, beverage. It's a regular lager. Yes, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's gravy in a can that's not a selling point for me it's a damn fine beer i've been drinking it for 30 years and intend to keep on it so no schlitz i do like schlitz i'm not drinking schlitz tonight but that holds a, a special place for me so uh oh 10 or 12 years ago i, I play ice hockey so I, I play once a week and we put together a team called the drunk tank and nice. rather rather than having our names on the back of our sweaters, we we all selected our our like a like an alcoholic beverage of choice. So you get like the typical Captain Morgans and things of that nature. But I had selected Schlitz, so for quite a while now that's been my nickname. And when I can buy Schlitz, I I do I do drink it quite a bit. So back in college, me and Jack used to uh, on a Friday night we used to like split a thirty rack of hams. Oh yeah, oh, uh, dude, good yeah. times. I'm not opposed to hams. We uh, there was a bar in town that one of their specials. It was called the Trailer Park, and uh, basically it was a bucket of eight beers, and it was all like Schlitz hams, all that kind of stuff. And then it also came with like thirty wings. Excellent. That's... So you, you just order one of those, and you're set for the evening. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey guys, this is my son, Adam. Say hi, Ed. Hi. Howdy. Uh, hi. <laughs> Give him a are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Best part of this show. Give him a zoov. Zoov. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time that Jack learned about the zoovs. It was about two months ago. <clears throat> Just two months ago. That's right. He learned about them because of the movie Gettysburg. No. Oh, well, that one little scene. Yeah, yeah there's a singular the zoov protecting the headquarters building. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. I was wondering what the fuck he was wearing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we had a uh, actually working with a gentleman now. He's a he's a tailor. Uh, we had a prior to the civil war, we had a local militia group here in Springfield, Illinois called the Springfield Zoavs or the Springfield Zoav Grays. 
Um, and in fact, just uh, just yesterday, we reset and cleaned the headstones of a couple of these men. They were um, in the Zouav Grays prior to the Civil War. The war breaks out. They're both killed at, at Fort Donaldson in 1862, are buried here in Springfield. And uh, we're hoping to maybe try to tie that in with the Sangamon County Historic Society here and give talks about the, the Zoops because I think it's kind of a forgotten piece of our, our local history. <laughs> Paul, Paul, is, Paul is very excited about the prospect of wearing a Zoop. You know. They look comfortable. I I would I would so free is, ball. <laughs> it is a good thing that I don't have more money in my life because I would a hundred percent stack my closet with a bunch of uniforms I don't need. <laughs> Absolutely, and even if you wear it once, it's well worth it. Oh yeah, it's like I remember one time I was like, so I also have my own YouTube channel that's not successful whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I should, I should do like an Amazon challenge as like my, as a video where it's like, I'm going to put together a Roman centurion outfit only from Amazon and see how cheap I can make it work. Oh, <laughs> because, because you can, you can buy legitimate, like Lorica, Lorica segmentata off of Amazon. You can buy a full sheet, like real armor. And I'm like, I want to, I want to challenge myself. Okay. <laughs> but what do you also, armor, though? This, that's, it's that two day shipping though. Oh, I think it'd be free balling. You'd be free balling under your armor. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, that's, it's the only way to go. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I, I have a five eleven tactical kilt in my closet right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> 511 tactical, tactical kill. <laughs> it's got all sorts of spots for eye tag or what's it called? Uh, uh, Pockets. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, molly webbing all over it. We can molly this whole thing. It's laser cut. <laughs> so, Adam, what are you drinking this evening? Um, Pretty much anything that comes in front of my fat face, but stag. Uh, I have had a couple of sam adams oktoberfest and um that's it no oh and one of these horrific pumpkin fucking ales from aldi um you guys have aldi in south dakota or colorado not in colorado um, i don't recall i don't think we do do you know I haven't what I'm talking about though i haven't seen them in iowa but i lived right on the mississippi river so I freak. Do you know where La Crosse, Wisconsin is? Oh yeah, yes. I have family that okay. lives there. Oh, nice. So I lived an hour south of there. Sorry. Uh, in a town called Lansing, Iowa. It's like one of the three places you can cross the river in Iowa. Um, they have the Black Hawk Bridge there. Soon, soon to be demolished. Um, oh, I didn't hear that. It's okay. They'll replace it with another one. Um, anyways. <laughs> Anyways, the, the Blackhawk Bridge, super scary fucking bridge if you've never been over it. It's like a steel grate bridge. So when you're driving over it, you just look down and you can see straight into the fucking river. That, oh, that yeah. is exactly... I grew up uh, around Moline, Illinois. You know, so I was, I, was, I was right on the Mississippi, too. And north of us, at Savannah, between Savannah, Illinois, and Sabula, Iowa, 
the old bridge there, which has since been replaced, was the same thing. 1930s era bridge with the op- with the open steel grate. Yeah, it was it was a it was a very high arched bridge. The sound. Oh yeah. It's it's one of those if you don't slow down when you go to do the down part of the bridge, like you're gonna catch some serious air like a Dukes of Hazard moment. <laughs> um like not even joking, at least two or three times a year in the town that I grew up in, somebody goes over that bridge too quickly and takes out the welcome to Iowa sign. <laughs> That's what it's there for. <laughs> That's what my dad used to say. Do you know why the geese fly upside down over Iowa? Because there's nothing worth shitting on. <laughs> oh, boy. Nah. Sorry. Sorry, sorry to all our any anywho, I, I did shop at Aldi's, but I had to go up to lacrosse to get to it. Well, either way, the the pumpkin ale that I had from the Aldi brand tonight was I'll go substandard at best. Substandard at best. But it was shit. But yeah, I've 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 done a hodgepodge of uh That's why that's why you came back to the true faith, stag. <laughs> <laughs> Schlitz. That and, the Lord gave unto, and the Lord, Lord gave unto us the one true beer, Hams. Hey, uh, from the I land do, of I, I sky blue waters, yeah. my my people come from that area of the, the country in northern Minnesota, from the Iron Range. The Iron Range. I'm Iron Rangers. Just, <laughs> I am just old enough to be able to say... I remember underage drinking wine and Kugels before they became a national brand. So I'm, I'm proud of that. So That's some baller shit, yeah, some yeah. baller shit, baller shit. I like that. Now everybody gets a taste of Chippewa falls. Yeah. Not yeah, the good, not, not the good shit. They, it, some of the stuff that they make there, they don't fucking send down here. It's, it's not quite the same. Cause I, I, I know out here in Colorado, you can only get the summer Shandy. And See? I'm like, I'm like, guys, you don't understand the grapefruit shandy is where it's at. Like that is the like I'm I'm a I'm a fruity beer kind of guy. I was gonna say you like fruit in your fucking beer, don't you? (laughs) Jack I do. Jack, Jack, do you wanna tell them I I don't know if you guys have caught this on any of our previous episodes, but Jack, do you wanna tell them what my my normal beer is on here? Oh god. Um Princess Yum Yum. (laughs) <laughs> stunned silence <laughs> chris is choking right his stag right. is about to kill him <laughs> we told it was uh matthew leach. Was his last leach yeah he played uh floyd talbert on band of brothers we had him on as a guest uh not too long ago and wow. the look of the oh, look of uh, sorry english disgust on his face <laughs> I had never felt more ashamed in my life than when this British actor was like, what, what are you drinking? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he he said, and I quote, ordering that is how you get your ass kicked in England. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. Thank God he was honest about it. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so princess yum, yum. There's a local brewery here. It's called the Denver brewing company. And they make all sorts of different types of beers. There, it's a craft brewery, but it's a raspberry Kolsch, and they decided to name it Princess Yum Yum. <laughs> Somebody made that decision. Yes, 
And it's delicious, goddammit. I'm sure it is. What's it? What's I, the I will. I not enough. Um, <laughs> I will gladly send you guys a six pack of it. Fucking a. That would Any, be awesome. But, but I want to. I want to turn to what I'm actually drinking this evening, and I felt very proud of myself for finding this because I was like, "This is this is fucking on right what we need for this show." Which is, I don't know if you guys have seen it before. Soldier. Horse Soldier Whiskey from yeah. my least favorite state, Ohio. I, I've, <laughs> I've not seen that whiskey anywhere, no. Really? They have like several different, like, uh, there's like bronze, silver, like, you know, oh. different. Yeah, well, it's tasty. Well, I guess the question is, is it is it any good? No, it is. Oh, it's, oh, it, it's very good. Okay. Mind you, Horse Soldier Whiskey is meant to to honor or th- their logo is based off that statue of the special forces soldier mm-hmm. uh on yeah. horseback from the invasion of afghanistan okay. but i'm like john wayne being enticed by a southern bell whiskey doesn't really exist at the moment so <laughs> well you've not tried hard enough well yeah i, I think uh evan williams would fit the bill very fine <laughs> Southern comfort piss water. But, <laughs> oh god, I can't even smell that shit without getting sick. But but yes, this was my this was my my proudest moment for relevant alcohol is horse soldier whiskey for like the it. review of the horse soldiers. I like it. And I don't know, uh, shout out to Battlefields and Bourbon too, to the fellows over there. They they come up with some pretty tasty tasty shit on their podcast too as far as their bourbons and whiskeys they they definitely do we're supposed we're we're chatting with them we were supposed to record with them a while ago but much like with you guys some scheduling things came up so we're we're still working out a time to re-meet with them but they as a, a sneak preview for those who are listening whenever battlefields and bourbon does come onto our show we're going to be doing a field of lost shoes so oh nice dad because we were talking about that one and yeah good and i thought after you said that they were going to take that one i was like no well shit they're right there so why wouldn't they yeah that's literally their 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 backyard like Mm -hmm. that's their their day job if i'm not mistaken is that battlefield so yeah i think of winchester actually oh yeah movie chock full of overacting oh (laughs) yeah we won't get into that to ruin anything but yeah holy christ and and a good actor too that plays fucking breckenridge like why did he have to do that shit that's a dude from uh the the piece of shit the patriot uh Uh, yes plays tavington or whatever the fuck his name is anyway speaking of turds i thought that was jason isaacs is that it? That's the same dude. That's what I'm saying. Same fucking guy. Oh, okay. Tavington uh, is what I'm talking about is the dude he plays. The, okay. The British. It's supposed to be Tarleton. Yeah. He, he is very him. good at playing a sinister bad guy. Yeah. Or or a random United States officer in the movie Fury that's wearing a German <laughs> fucking winter coat. I, I don't know why I know all that shit, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Civil War related, goddammit. That's okay. Yeah. I, I like all kinds of conflicts. You're you're magical, yeah. Adam, because my 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 head just doesn't have all that random movie knowledge. <sighs> it doesn't exist. Shit. It, it I'll be shouldn't. honest with you. You know, the first time I watched uh, Four Soldiers, 
What, this one? Just in general, when was the first time I watched The Horse Soldiers? When it was in theaters? Funny guy. Well, thanks for joining us for the show. We've when I found out about this podcast. <laughs> really? I watched it no today. Nope, nope, nope. That's all right. I mean, he Paul's come correct. I mean, he, he dove in, dude. He went, I'm gonna find this goddamn movie. So, so the first time that Jack ever watched this movie was literally today and after he got done watching the movie he sent me a text message and i never laughed harder in my life than when he sent me this message he's like why can't women understand that the real male fantasy is to just go on a raid in the south to destroy the confederacy and then take home a southern war bride <laughs> and free the slaves yeah right yeah an abolition good goal <laughs> oh screw, yeah an abolition screw, screw the roman empire oh, and like. abolition <laughs> don't forget it <laughs> those, those random characters that happen to be a little bit darker than beige in this movie <laughs> because that's basically the way they look at it especially yeah. the, the the whole cabin scene <laughs> that whole thing like i it that is the one thing of specifically that movie that always sticks with me is with him having that or you know they don't show it and anything like that but when he walks out of that cabin everybody that is around him looks at him like he is literally jesus it, oh it just it blows my fucking mind that literally they look at him like oh we and i said it before we never had any babies around him until you showed up white man god damn god bless it's, yeah. It blows my mind. I never really thought of it from that standpoint, but yeah, I guess you're right on yeah. that. Yeah. Seriously, they all look at him like he's it's it's like that that you know painting of Jesus where he's like walking amongst the children. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what the fuck it looks like. It's like wow, I'm pretty sure these people had a couple kids before this asshole showed up. Have Maybe you guys ever? But I get it. Fuck that guy anyway. Have you guys ever seen Twenty Two Jump Street? Fuck yeah. I was going to say, my favorite Jesus is Korean Jesus. <laughs> Korean Jesus? <laughs> hey, leave Korean Jesus alone. He ain't got time for your bullshit. He's hey, doing Korean shit. Bullshit. <laughs> but that, like I said, the, the, my favorite character in the entire, in the entire film is, uh, uh, Kurt Russell's dad. He is, he's is fantastic. He's got a chaw in, the whole fucking movie and if you know anything about him he was a baseball player and a good baseball player and owned one of i think they were the only they they made a netflix uh documentary about the baseball team that he owned but he was a a bat boy for the yankees in florida and he had i can't remember if it was, it was babe ruth or um uh, Joe DiMaggio's bat, something like that. But anyway, he owned a baseball team, played on the baseball team. Kurt Russell played on that baseball team, but they were from Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. But he's my favorite character in the whole movie. After you, before you even learn all that bullshit about him, how cool he was. But that the Andersonville part. Wow, wow, Doc. Ha! What are they gonna do? Take my leg off, huh? And then what? See? But he, he literally he turns into fucking Jimmy Stewart, and I think 
he did that because he wanted to shit on the Duke because that was one of uh, John Ford's favorite ways of making <laughs> the Duke feel like shit was when he would argue about something on set or lines or otherwise he would basically say, well, I, that's funny. You want to fight about that now? Cause I don't remember you fighting in world war two. <laughs> <laughs> of course, John Wayne fought in world war two. Haven't you seen his filmography? He was at Normandy. <laughs> he was yeah. in China. He commanded yeah. a submarine. Yep. He did I'm his part. Uh, do you not recall him being on Iwo Jima? Yeah. <laughs> I Tarawa, thank you. We yeah. do. Yeah, he I gave his life in Iwo Jima. And Vietnam. Oh, the only Vietnamese, <laughs> the only movie made about the Vietnam War during the Vietnam War. Have you guys, yeah, have you guys the, Green the Green Berets. We have not. Oh. I've, I've, I've been holding off. I've been holding off on that because I hope without hope that somewhere in this world there is... A number of there's a there's a special forces veteran out there who will deal with our stupidity to review that movie, but <laughs> or that or just has a, not occurred yet. Surviving nom vet to be like, I went and saw that motherfucker the day I came home from my second tour and I puked. <laughs> my so when I so when I was a kid, I was in the Boy Scouts, and uh, my scout master, he was a guy named bob peters and he was uh oh my god it's getting worse by the second he he was a master sergeant in the marine corps and he he earned a bronze star over in vietnam and after his tours in vietnam he actually went to become a drill instructor at paris island at the same time as arlie ermy was there and every bit of that carried over when i was when i was still in the boy scouts i i remember there was one day like we were making pancakes for breakfast or something and i was just you know i was making the the pancake mix and he's like give me that you're not doing it right making pancakes is like jerking it off the harder you do it the better it feels My like, guess, sir. I mean, I mean, he, he's not wrong. Fucking <laughs> real. So, John, is it time to put a number to this movie? It sure, it sure is. So, as you guys might recall, we like to do a one through five rating system here. Uh, we don't like stars because that's too generic. So, we like to do one to five things that best represent this film. I. <laughs> I thought long and hard on this one, but I don't think there is a better rating for this system than one to five downstream cups of coffee. I I concur. <laughs> downstream cups of coffee. How do you like your coffee? Uh, Underrated joke in this film, I I feel. Oh yeah, that that one was good. I uh, I personally take my coffee like I take my men, ground up and in the freezer. No, dark, <laughs> dark and strong. <laughs> right, dark and wait, strong. are is this where we're going with this question? <laughs> yeah, how many how many downstream cups of coffee? God damn, <laughs> that is that's a that is a multifaceted comment because that's you know that implies the the disease rate and death in the civil war uh taste right? <laughs> taste being the key thing fucking lincoln's kid 
dying from <laughs> oh, cholera, typhoid. Okay, let's not think too hard about this. You're too simple about taste. I'm thinking of like the taste of gangrene here. Mm, I would. I, does gangrene have a taste or more of a stench? I mean, you know what I mean? That smell where like you taste the smell. I, so, so the real question is, are we are we drawing this water like? Are you the early riser in camp and you're getting there before everybody wakes up and does their business? Or uh, are you the no, are is, you the guy that sleeps in and this is downwater this is downstream Sweetwater Branch in Andersonville. Oh, <laughs> so anybody out there knows what that means. It's yeah. it's so dirty. So Jack <laughs> it's real Jack, let's start with, Jack, let's start with you. One to five cups of downstream coffee. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> this one was hard. Uh, I think I'll give it two cups of downstream coffee, but one still has a turd swimming, floating in it. <laughs> Just unfiltered. Just unfiltered. Just against all odds that bastard is floating in, in your pink can. <laughs> Adam, yes, we'll one, lad on your pencil. Adam, one to five cups of coffee. Shit, I don't know, man. That's that's a rough one. I would go. I would go two and three quarters. Two and three quarters, just based on nostalgia. Because when I was a kid, I remember when this movie would come on. It was usually worth watching. Usually, uh, <laughs> but I would say. Yeah, I would I would say two and three quarters. I, I I will go with that. And the the fact that it it doesn't get a a full three <laughs> is because I fucking hate John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> I hate him. Yeah, I like my kill coffee. the non-believer. <laughs> I like I like my coffee like I like my John Wayne. I don't like coffee. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Hard stands. All right, let's go around the room. One to Paul. five cups. Oh, uh, and one being the, the worst. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One. <laughs> one. And we're talking about chemical toilet water. Like, <laughs> Porta John waters. How I. Like, if you drink this, you will probably die. <laughs> yes. Yes, Porta, absolutely. I Porta John water from Woodstock, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, after this podcast, I'll probably never, ever, ever, ever contemplate watching this movie again <laughs> God damn, okay. all right I'm, I'm gonna go just to scotch better than adam i'm gonna give it a give it a three i mean part of that's nostalgia and also i don't hate john wayne anywhere near as much as he does so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so a three for me so. <laughs> So, so I, I, do we take the average or do we just, we'll, we'll, we get, there. we'll get there. I, I still got to get mine. Um, no, shit. It's weird being, being the youngest guy in this room who has nostalgia attached to this film. Um, <laughs> I, I am often the, the oldest young guy in the room. Um, I have to give it two piping hot cups <laughs> and then three quarters of a cup but the reason only 
three quarters is because you drank a quarter of it and you realize that you got the bottom of the pot coffee that's been sitting there for like four hours and you're like oh this is even worse than i imagined (laughs) (laughs) you went into it with good intentions and came out with a bad aftertaste yeah yeah so two and three quarters i i have nostalgia wrapped up in this film i as problematic as john wayne is i don't hate him (laughs) and i this is we, we have a recurring joke of like this, like an America fuck yeah film. This is a cavalry fuck yeah film. And it's hard for me to hate on a cavalry film. So for that reason, two, and, two and three quarters. So, so Jack, now we, uh, we're going to take our ratings and we're compare it to, uh, what the critics at Ron tomatoes gave it to see whether we're as attuned to fine art as they are. So, the critics on the tomometer give it an 81% and no the audience and the audience gives it a 75%. So I Are guess you you're off the mark me? on this. No accounting for taste. Who the fuck is watching this movie? Besides <laughs> <laughs> you know what's, what Do you know what's more surprising is I don't know if you guys caught San our Sans of Iwo Jima review, but Rotten Tomatoes gave Sans of Iwo Jima a hundred percent. What? Oh my god are yeah. you shitting me no that ron, ron tomatoes I, has a weird love affair with john wayne oh my yeah fucking there's, god that is so weird and there's only one good john wayne movie yep the, the conqueror because conqueror. Yeah. we all know he's dying yeah <laughs> he's on the way out. i actually like that movie. i knew he was gonna I, say I, that i knew, I knew he was gonna, gonna say, say that shit i knew it <laughs> and Ron oh. oh god yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so none of us are even remotely close to the critics or the audience score yeah we're all just um, philistines i guess we're jaded we're jaded yeah. fucking stitch no, turds. no tell them tell them about the zippo you forgot to tell oh, them about that oh yeah did you guys catch the scene it's 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 the scene of newton station where where John Wayne gets off his horse and he he's walking onto the porch. Uh, what is that? The, like the hotel yeah, with a, with a bar. The bar. Yeah. And he's out on the porch. He's talking to Sergeant. What's his face. And, and then, and then it, watch carefully the next time that you can see the outline of a Zippo. In his <laughs> right pocket. <laughs> and to anybody who yeah. doesn't know any history about the Zippo corporation, they did not exist in yeah. 18 yeah. fucking he's, he's got, I, I swear, watch it and watch it next time. He's got a perfect shape of a Zippo in his right pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so from, so based upon that, let's move forward with any other so, reviews or otherwise. <laughs> So now that we've completed our very in-depth review of the horse soldiers, this is actually our longest review we've ever done. Of course it fucking is. Because <laughs> we can't shut up. Yeah. Neither, I, mean, um, I would like to hand the floor over to you, Adam, to mm-hmm. preach the good word of the Civil Weird podcast. Let the people know about anything you guys got coming up. Uh, any special episodes you're doing or... Uh, what have you so anything you want to push the time is now no awesome man thank you so much for having us on uh we appreciate it very much this is awesome uh great fun uh but here in the next few months we'll be doing some episodes on 
some weird shit that we decided to come up with. Um, a couple of the ideas that I've thought of are, you know, some of the guys that came out of the 48ers, uh, you know, in Europe that came over here to fight. So August Willich, uh, um, Franz Siegel, uh, you know, some of those guys that, you know, really made either a positive or negative impact on the civil war. Um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to, as the, as we get our schedules together, we will try to get more episodes out as fast as we can, but well, we still, we still need to do the ghoul yeah. of Gettysburg. Yeah. We, yeah. that, that's another one we want to do is uh, the ghoul of Gettysburg. Um, if anybody out there knows about that, it's uh it's a wild ass story of, you know, what can happen after a battle, but that that's, that's another episode that we want to do where we talk about what happens, the aftermath of a battle and, you know, the weird shit that goes on therein. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, sounds great. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to you guys. I personally am keeping my fingers crossed for a Braxton Bragg episode someday, but. Oh, it, oh believe me, that'll be that, there. That Cause I hate that motherfucker. Excellent. I hate, I hate him with a passion. I literally, the, one of the best books in the past probably 10 years that has, that has come out um, is by Earl J. Hess. And it is, uh, I cannot recall the exact title of it, but it's basically, I think it's called Braxton Bragg, the most hated man in the Confederacy. And there is absolute <laughs> reason for every word of that title because he was a complete and utter fucking piece of shit. And I don't care what anybody wants to defend Braxton Bragg. I'll go toe to toe with you any day because I can pull up all the stupid shit that he did from Mexico <laughs> to literally early on. My yeah. my personal favorite is the uh, the letters that uh, Fort Commander Bragg sent to Quartermaster Bragg. Oh, oh my god! Classic. Unreal just literally just he, but, he was the most redundant piece of shit that ever existed in the united states military ever ever that that's braxton bragg to a t you, you know what if if you're amenable when whatever day you decide to do braxton bragg i would love to come shit talk him with you honestly you're on man that you mean the one time he decides to stay within regulation and thoroughly document his actions? Oh, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes First Sergeant Galladay to let you know what a quartermaster is all about. <laughs> but again, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Uh, for those of you who enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. Uh, the stars do matter. Uh if you enjoyed our guests, go check out their podcast, The Civil Weird Podcast. It's a great time. Also, leave them a review. Uh, if you want additional content from us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Armchair Commanders Podcast. We are also on YouTube under the History Apprentice channel. And we also have a Discord, which is under the Armchair Commanders Podcast. Jack, do you have anything? Um, <clears throat> I do not. Sounds good. Well, until next time, I've been John. And I'm Jack. And we will catch you all later. Bye.